Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, from an all new episode of Much to Do About Nothing, I am your host, Jawan. Welcome to the show where me and Michelle talk about literally everything and nothing simultaneously. Um, but as I said, I am joined as always by Joel. What's going on, Joel? What's going on, Jawan? I'm I'm really excited to talk Falcon and Winter Soldier, Snyder Cut, uh, not basketball. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> basketball, though. Right, right. Just, just completely done. Like it's so crazy because sitting through football this year, all I said to myself was, "Well, I can't wait till basketball starts." <laughs> now I'm so close to saying, "God damn, August!" Like. <laughs> Hurry up. Um, but no, as always, me and Joel, even as reluctant as we are to do so, we will start off with our Knicks just to get it out of the way. Um, Word. Knicks with a very heartbreaking 15th consecutive or 14th, whichever it is, 14th or 15th consecutive loss to one named Ben Simmons in the Philadelphia 76ers uh, came in a heartbreaking loss in overtime. Now, it's three in a row, bro. It's kind of annoying at this point. I mean, when you hear a stat like that, you just go, now I want to beat them, not even just to win a game. Like, forget winning the game. I just want to beat them so I, I don't ever have to hear that stat again. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't it, like that. It's Uh-oh. not a good stat to have. <laughs> it's like saying every every time the Knicks play on a Tuesday, they lose. It's like, all right, well, can you not give us Tuesday games for like a little bit? Like, goddamn. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, um, they, have, they have a winning record when they score over 100 on regular right. non-overtime games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, technically, it, we're, we're going to get into it because because I have a lot of I know we have a lot of strong feelings on this. I want to start by saying uh, you guys know I come on here all the time about the Knicks and I say I don't give participation awards. Um, I don't give all oh, you almost had it. You were close. Um, I want to say this to Julius Randle. And I want to make sure I'm very clear. Was that a very stupid call to call? Yes, a thousand percent. Possibly the stupidest way to call a, to call a basketball game. It was weak. But should Julius Randle had have pushed? Uh, what was it, Tobias or Ben Simmons, whichever one? Should Tobias. he have put his hands in their back? No, we should have been doing his boxing out. There you go. There you go. So as much as I always want to uh, to support the Knicks when some stupid shit happens. They put themselves in stupid situations. So I just, and, and again, the and let me say this. My issue with the refs isn't that call. It's that they weren't consistent with that call all night. You look at, you look at any of these other Knicks, because, um, you know, me and you aren't like um, 
CP and, and uh, CK2K. Mm-hmm. Um, but you follow those guys. They have videos from this last game of Mitchell Robinson being bullied by Dwight Howard the exact same way. And the craziest thing is Dwight's was a lot more vicious pushing Mitch in the back. Julius mm-hmm. was kind of just like guiding him out of the way. It wasn't like a blatant shove, get out of my way. Um, that's why I was upset because I'm just like, it wasn't even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't he, a hard foul. It was exactly. Like, he didn't push him out of the way. Like, if he didn't put his hands there, it's not like the guy would have had. Yeah. It's the equivalent of watching, um, watching Tom Brady throw a deep ball that's five yards away from its receiver. And then them going, well, you know, the defender tripped and grabbed his leg, and that's why he couldn't catch it. He wouldn't have caught it regardless. <laughs> like, what are we talking about right now? Like, that has to matter. That has a factor in. Like, do you really think he would have stretched his back that far to have gotten that rebound? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, well, that was also momentum. Like, he was running towards the ball. So it looked more like he was pushing, but he wasn't. He was just really trying to reach him. You right. know, and he grabbed his hand, you know, got his hand on his back. Right. But what do me and you always say, Joel? Don't put yourself in that situation. If you're boxing out, that's not a problem you have. But he wasn't. And that's the issue. And you want to know something even crazier? There were three Knicks in that paint, and not one of them was boxing out. Nope. <laughs> so it's like, that's that's not, you know what I'm saying? That's not a ref thing at the end of the day. If you do your job correctly, the refs can't, they can't factor in. They just can't. You know, so to me, and and I said this with the game against Brooklyn. Yes, was that was that one of those phantom stupid calls that you don't call to to end the game? A hundred percent. But at the end of the day, Julius looked like he didn't know what he was doing to excuse me to end that game. Mm-hmm. So it's like again, that falls on him, and and, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm blaming him for these losses. I'm not. I'm just saying you're not helping the situation. You know, it's not like he went up to shoot it and mm-hmm. Kyrie touched it and they just called it like an air ball and that's the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. not what happened. He clearly looked flummoxed. Like, he didn't know what he wanted. Did he want to shoot? Did he mm-hmm. want to try to go, you know, into the foul? He didn't know what he wanted to do. He wasn't expecting the ball to get tipped. That's no, why. Not at all. He should have just let go of the ball when it did. I agree. But again, but again, me and you, are not professional basketball players, so we're not blaming him. We're just saying you're not making it easy. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're making it difficult for for uh, for there to be a direct – like, even Alan Hahn after the game was just like, you you don't do that. Like, yes, is it a stupid call? 100%. You wouldn't make that in the playoff or in an NBA final, so don't make it in a regular season. Um, but, you know, you just don't do that. Why are you touching him? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. well i know why because he, he saw him get bit through and he tried to box him out but it was too late he was right, already right. exactly you're exactly right so a very tough loss but you know huge shots out to julius randall that banking shot to yeah. send this to overtime was perfect yeah i want to go take a shot I came back we're like still playing what happened <laughs> <laughs> um i'll even say this joel if anyone is to blame for the loss, not the refs, not Julius Randle, Alec Burks, you don't miss a wide open dunk. I mean, not dunk, layup. You don't get a layup easier than that, Alec Burks. You just don't. 
Yeah, he's had some weird like mislayups. Uh, I'm like, bro, how do you fucking do it? Also, you can't be missing free throws, bro. They miss like 10 of them. And to me, Julius Randle, you can't be missing free throws, bro. Like, you got to show people that you being an all-star this year isn't a fluke. And you're not doing that when you make these kinds. And let me just say this, Joel. I don't know what they practice offensively um, during their during their scrimmages or practice, but the Knicks are like they are seduced by running into double teams. I almost feel like they love it. Like it's just like it's a thrill for them. Like let me see if I can run into this triple team and get out of it. Like why? Like Emmanuel, quickly. If you run under the under the hoop and there's nobody else there, you have to notice that as you're running to the hoop mm-hmm. stop pull out and, and and you know start it at the top of the key but they love fast breaking into like a triple team or a double team yeah, they have great runners you know what this is what happened you have an actual point guard on the floor and they go. haven't had one for basically eight games there you go 100 <laughs> percent. you're 100 percent right and i even say i don't even consider alfred payton that uh on a on an everyday basis, because he does that a lot of the times too. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with him this year. He's like, he stopped passing the ball. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and it's crazy because that's why you hear stories of or rumors of the Knicks being, uh, you know, very into getting a guy like Lonzo Ball because he pushes the tempo, and mm-hmm. he is a guy that has court vision. That's that to me, Alfred Payton is one of those jack of all trade point guards, right? So, like, mm-hmm. he's not your Chris Paul, Lonzo Ball, Magic Johnson kind of guy. He's more your Swiss Army knife, you know? Like, John Wall to me isn't your prototypical point guard. He's a Swiss Army knife guy. He can have 10 assists, but it's not what he's really looking for. He's looking for 30 a night, right. <laughs> you know? So, to me, and I'm not saying that's Alfred Payton, I'm just saying he's one of those. Uh, different point guards, not your typical point guard. So that's mm-hmm. why you look at Lonzo and you're just like, Zion probably wouldn't have the success he's having <laughs> without a guy like Lonzo to put him in those good positions. So it's like looking at this team, Lonzo would probably make everybody immensely better because mm-hmm. it eliminates those stupid turnovers of you running into double teams. And yeah. then like, this what cracks me up. I saw Julius Randle do this uh, in the last game, right? Runs into the double team, right? <laughs> they, you know, they lock him up, and then the refs, like, jump on. Julius is like, wait, what? That wasn't a foul? Julius, come on. No, of course that wasn't a foul. Why did you run into the double team? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's going to be a call they call every time. They're going to give it to the defender. It's going to be a jump ball. Why did you run into two people? So it's just like Tibbs has got to figure out a way to stop. Because to me, when Rose comes back, that doesn't eliminate that. He's a runner. He'll run into a double team too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, man. And, and and I'm with you, man. You can't leverage the farm to to get Lonzo. Um, but God damn, man. Do I do I watch these? I'm in free agency for, you know, not for free, but. You don't have to get away assets, you know? I completely understand what, what you say, and you know what my response always is to that. And I get I get you. You're saying, well, then, you know, fuck it. We, we don't get them. But to me, my fear is always if, if you can get them. And, you know, obviously, you're not leveraging all of your future. Um, but if you can get them, 
get them because somebody will make an offer that just seems a little bit better. Um, and, you know, it's possible. It's 50-50. He could want to sign with us. He could not want to sign with us. Um, and I'd much rather overpay than overtrade, if that makes any sense. Um, so, I mean, but, yeah, y- your thoughts on this game, man. Uh the game itself was frustrating. It was like it was again a game we were in most of the game, uh, and you know we lose it at the end. Like and I, again, I thought we were already done by the time I went to go take a shower. I was like fuck this game, and then I come back and like it's overtime. We were winning that game, and we would have won that game if it wasn't for that stupid foul at the end. But here we are, and you know we've had three games in the last four that ended the same similar ways, you know, like ref's decision that cost us the game. Um, we're not a good closing team at the moment. And that just proves we're not ready for it yet. We're not there yet. Um, it's not no offense to Randall, but he's not a, a closer at the moment that you know, that's not always something that, that comes with the territory. Um, this is his first all-star year in general. Uh, that clutch gene, sometimes you're born with it, sometimes you don't, you know, and it's just, like, that's something you got to work towards, too, you know. Yep. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't come to everyone. Uh, we just don't have that yet. We don't have that closer. And I'll even say this, that, I, you know what? Let me push on that a tad bit. I think we have a closer, but I don't think he'll ever be able to emerge as such when he doesn't he doesn't he's not the kind of guy to go demand it and his teammates just don't like they don't feed him enough and again that goes to not having a legit point guard but I guarantee you that if last year and this year we just if we could have gotten RJ to be more aggressive like no 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 give me the ball I I I very much believe he could be a closer um, but he's just one of those passive guys, you know, he's just one of those guys where he's like, Oh, Julius is going to take this last second shot. All right. You know? Okay. No problem. It's like, no, RJ, no, 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 no. You won't ever be the face of this franchise. If you don't take it, if you don't, there was Joel, even though that you, it's, it's a bit, it's not even a great example because Amari barely played, but there's no, there's not one game you'll ever find where, Melo sitting there, and he's like, "Nah, let Amari take it." What? Well, the, I mean, Melo already came into the team with that, too. You know, he was there no, for, for sure, for sure. But I, I'm, I just mean in the sense of, I have a running mate. Even when Jr. was really hot that one year, <laughs> that one game where Jr. was just like, it was drawn up for Melo, but I saw an opening and I took it. Melo wasn't happy after that game. Like, you don't get to do that. You give me the ball. Lucky. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm saying if RJ could be a, just a little bit more aggressive in that respect, um, I, I think he could be our closer. I really do. Because when he goes after the rim, like if RJ took that shot and said, and, and again, that was a really good shot Randall took to end the game. I don't want to make it sound like mm. it was a rush shot, it was in and out. a clean shot, in and out. I'm just saying in that in that position, you want RJ to attack that basket. Because to me, I was very curious. If you watch the replay, when he took that shot, it was 0.5 seconds left. I have no idea why he didn't go towards the basket um, to at least get the foul call. Um, you know, it's just like you're not the greatest jump shooter, Julius. And albeit it was a clean look, go for the basket. See if you can get that foul. 
Um, but my question to you is, Joel, did it um did it bother you or did it kind of just you know kind of roll off because it was like the least of our problems that Tibbs is saying he asked for a challenge and they didn't give him one. That was annoying too because uh, I would have liked that challenge because you never know even if we even if we didn't get it you know. Um, that just didn't make me feel any better, no, because fucking refs. I already didn't like the refs that night. Now, you know, they didn't end it well. Yeah. I'll say this. Uh, me and you talked about this numerous times. If you're the Knicks, these are games that are against you always because the refs yeah. don't they don't respect the Knicks yet. Yeah, yeah. We're um, not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Never. So you got to go take these games meaning you make free throws, meaning you box out, meaning you don't put your hands in opponents' backs as you're trying to go up for for rebounds. Like, it's just stuff like that, that if you do that, it makes it really hard for the refs to do uh, stupid calls that affect this distress. Um, you just got to go do your job. And to me, like I said, I don't give participation awards. That's a loss. I, I don't. I'm not one of these reporters that's like, this is a good sign. You know, look how close the Knicks. I don't want to be close. <laughs> I don't want to be the team that's every year for the next 10 years. They're in it. You know, they never win them, but they're in it. I want to win them. <laughs> so if we made free throws, that's a different game. If we rebound, no, let me not say rebounded better. If we boxed out better, that's a yeah. different game. That frustrates me to no man getting out rebounded. I hate that. It's a hustle stat. You don't get I can't stand the end out rebounded at all. Yeah. And you know what's even more frustrating about it, Joel? There is no Embiid. So a game against the Sixers with no Embiid, I don't care how big Dwight Howard is, how strong. It's a game you look at and you go, Mitch and Nerland should e- should each have about 12 rebounds. At uh, least in that game. Nerland. <laughs> Nerland is funny. He's really loose hands. <laughs> Very. Yeah, I'm with you. And you know what? And that's why I, I, I remember saying it to my dad that season. I hated Tyson Chandler for that. He didn't start it, but he popularized it. I don't like to tip out. I don't I'll like to tip, tip I'll take a fucking tip out over, over not getting the rebound because he just had the habit of not getting that rebound. So I'll take a fucking tip out. <laughs> I feel I feel you on that. I'm just always of the mindset of you're a big guy. So your job is to catch it and put it back up. Um, you know, and, and the problem with big men are they'll catch it, go down, and then try to come back up. That's where your problems come no, from. No, you got to keep it up. Grab it and then just put it right back up. Don't come down. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, to me, it's just like you look at Mitch and you look at Nerlens. They're just too tall not to be able to grab these rebounds and put them back up. Don't tip it out. You know which what I'm is, saying? Which is more of a Mitch thing. He will most definitely uh, put it back. <laughs> right, right. For sure. For sure. And I'm just like, that's that needs to be the constant mindset of putting it back up. Don't come down because that's when they get you. That's when they get you. Go right back up. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, l- let me ask you this. I-, I know you heard CP talking about, uh, Norman Powell. Um, mm-hmm. is there any trade rumor that really stands out to you or really interests you? I mean, that only two names I keep seeing is fucking oh, like interest in all the depot and Lonzo. And I'll take either one for the right price, you know, and I would love Norman Powell, but I don't, I don't think that'd be. Cheap. I just don't. <laughs> so, I, I, 
to I don't think it'll be cheap. But I don't think it'll cost us with like a Bradley Beal or um, no, no. or guys <laughs> like that would. So if it costs me next year's draft pick, uh, no, 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 not next year's. Uh, the year after, um, I don't, I don't mind. Or, or no, not, not not a year after. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Two second rounds. I don't mind that. No, not at all. I, 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 he's probably might be worth it for first at this point. I mean, he's he's on a roll, motherfucker. I mean, he is. But my fear is always guys seem to not have that when they get to us. Like they have it before, and then they get to us, and then you're just like, "How did you lose it in the course of a plane ride?" <laughs> like that's all it was, just a plane ride. How did you lose that? So to me, it's just like if you're telling me I can get Powell for Kevin Knox in two second rounds, let's do it today. Like, no need to wait. <laughs> let's do it today, get that done, and then let's see if we can. Because I'm telling you right now, a 3 and D guy like that, like, I love Reggie. He's been playing really inspired inspired defense. Alec Burks has been starting to click. I wouldn't want to get rid of those guys, but mm-hmm. I would definitely get rid of one to add in a, a, add in a pal. Um, just because he's he has a larger body. Like, you look at you look at Reggie Bullock, right? When Reggie Bullock was switching off on Tobias and Ben, they were kind of blowing by Reggie because he just, you know, it, you can't, what do they always say? You can't equate for size, you know? Yeah, but not as big as Reggie. Say it again? I said Norm is not as big as Reggie. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's a little taller than Reggie. So, like, he's not. You, you sure? He's like 6'4. Yeah. How tall is Reggie? Six six. Norman Powell just looks longer than Reggie Bullock. Might be longer, but he's not as tall. He's oh. not like six three, even worse. <laughs> then maybe the length is what I'm speaking towards. Then because I, I was watching the Raptors highlights of him playing defense, I'm just like he has the length, you know. Um, so maybe yeah, that's he's what not I was, taller. That's yeah. what I was looking at. Um, yeah. but to me, six, I four. Did, to me, ideally, just Powell and Lonzo changes this team drastically um, because you get the consistent offense that we need from Powell, hopefully, and you get a true point guard. <laughs> you get yeah. a true point guard. And to me, I'm kind of like, I would like a three-way trade. I would like a trade where you send the Clippers, Alfred Payton, um, you know, so we can get, get off of him because I would honestly prefer to just have Lonzo, um, Rose, and um, Emmanuel quickly. Um, I want to find a way to get off of Austin Rivers. Not not like, you know, he's bothering anyone or anything, but it's just like you're taking up a spot. Right, yeah. <laughs> I need you to not be here. You're just taking up a spot. Um, and I would actually like that spot to be filled by J.J. Redick. Another trade I would like to do. Um, so to me, if you could send them Austin Rivers – uh, second round or something. Um, I just, to me, ideally, J.J. Redick, Lonzo, Powell. Very realistic, very doable. Um, because if you're the Pelicans, everyone keeps saying their price is too high. But here's my issue with that. How is your price high on the last year of, of this player's contract? Well, you're that's losing for nothing. Them, that means they're being stubborn. That's that's yeah. what it is. They're but being you're stubborn. They don't want to. But that's again them being stubborn. <laughs> like uh, they're not they're not thinking that way. They're thinking like, oh, we're gonna try to sway him to stay type of bullshit. Which to me I get, but it's like I don't know. 
<laughs> I'm just saying that's. I said I'm not saying it's smart. I'm just saying that's just how they're acting right now. No, and and I get you, but I look at it like this: if there's trade rumors, that means it's coming from the Pelicans. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're interested in trading him for the right price. So I'm yeah, like, for a guy that's going to be free agent, you know, restricted free agent, but still free agent nonetheless. Um, they they're just asking for probably more, way more than you know. The asking price for a guy that's going to be free. You know what I mean? For sure. And if you watch any of the Pelicans games, it does seem like Gundy is looking to not play him and play his other guys. Um, it does not look like Gundy necessarily wants Lonzo there. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. So that that's my that's my realistic idea of what I would like to see. Uh, Powell, Lonzo, in Redick, because I think two of them check off our desperate need, and then one of them checks off the the highest form of needs we need. Uh, I just don't see us getting both. It would be tough for. They're just one of them is going to cost us a lot, and that that's that's where they're going. It's going to that's where we're going to get fucked. I really feel like we could maybe appease Toronto with like, hey, how would you like Frank Nilakina in there also? And it's like, ooh, Frank, <laughs> I like Frank. It's like you can have him. <laughs> you can have him. Just give me Powell at at cheap, and you can get Knox, Frank, and one second rounder. You're not getting two players and two second rounders. Powell, Powell ain't Jesus now. Um, <laughs> like, like I don't even know if Powell will keep this will will keep this up for the rest of the season, let alone going forward. So it's like, relax. I'll give you two players and a second rounder, and that should be enough. You're not. No one's gonna throw a first rounder for Powell. So it's like, you know. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll go two second rounders and two players, but I'm fighting it for sure. I might be willing to go with our Detroit second. That's basically like a, a first rounder. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, whoa. Yes. I, I'm, I'm with you. Yes. Let, let me, let me preface it by not making it sound like I'm disagreeing. Yes. I'm with you. But do you think that that might be something that could maybe entice uh, New Orleans for Lonzo? Yes, it would. <laughs> I'm like, I might want to hold that <laughs> for for Lonzo. But, um, I don't know if you're gonna get both of them. That asset is that we're willing to to go, you know, for the right player. We're willing to give up. Yeah, and you know what, Joel? I really do think this. Uh, the guarantee of us getting a trade like that done for those three guys or those two guys. Um, One of those three. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> realistically, or one of those three, um, is 100% a 100% a three-team trade because you could also maybe have that other team give something to the the Pelicans or Toronto that's appealing, that kind of gets the job done. And, and it would have to be one of those teams that desperately needs a point guard that we have an abundance of. We have an abundance of point guards? Did you say that? I'm looking at Alfred Payton, uh, um, Frank Nilakina, Austin Rivers. I mean, I guess you can consider him a two guard. Yeah, well, Nilakina definitely ain't a fucking point guard. Uh, Austin Rivers is definitely proven to not be one either. Come out. Alfred Payton has not been a good one either. (laughs) To be fair, I'm just going off of the actual position that they're classified as. I get what you're saying. But, um, yeah. but I mean, again, I know I keep saying it because it's the only team that I know wants them, but the Clippers wanted Alfred Payton. So I'm like, regardless of what his flaws are, they need something. <laughs> um, 
Um, so I'm like, that might be someone that you can get interested in something. Um, but yeah, that's not for us to figure out. I just wanted to ask you because by the time we talk again, <laughs> something should have already happened, whether it's nothing or something. <laughs> um, I hope it's something. I always look forward to something. It's boring when it's nothing. Because you know it's crazy? The only team that has been talked about nonstop in the idea of this trade deadline has been the Knicks. So for nothing to happen would be like, well, God damn. <laughs> like the one year we need the media to not care about us. They care about us so much. They didn't talk this into, you know what I'm saying? Some, uh, you know, the idea, like, cause to me, when you drive up the hype, other teams are like, oh, the Knicks really do want Lonzo, huh? All right, sure. Yeah, three teams. Right. Um, but yeah, hopefully we have some good news to report next Monday about something that happened um, that we can look forward to. Because I tell, you, I tell you this, I don't have the largest faith in the world about making a playoff push with what we currently have. Not enough. We need something extra. Not a healthy Derrick Rose would be nice. Oh, for sure. I mean, oh. <laughs> we said this before, Joel, we felt as though if Derrick Rose was healthy, a few of those games might have gone a little differently yeah. um, because we were just hitting ruts where we couldn't score. And that's kind of what Derrick Rose is supposed to be, is that lightning rod to kind of get us going, um, especially since quickly had to start some of those games. He couldn't be your lightning rod off the bench. Um, so starting Rose and having quickly come off the bench for a lot of those games would have helped. Um, yeah. you know, so, but to me, like, I know Alan Hahn keeps preaching what we got is what we got. You guys got to, you know, got to appreciate. And it's like, Alan, Alan, come on. Why can't you be realistic? Like, it's okay to say that this isn't enough to get us where we need to go. But if, if this is what we have to have going forward, you know, I, I'm not going to throw a hissy fit and go, it's the end of the world. Um, I mean, hell, Joel, realistically, me and you looked at this season as the the bounce the bounce back to get mm -hmm. us the next year, which is where we wanted to be. This is just a year in advance. Uh, we're ahead of schedule uh, with how we how well we've been playing this year. Right. So to me, it's like, you know, if if by Friday or whenever the deadline is, they're like the Knicks decided to make no moves. I'm not going to go, oh, man. Like, this is the worst thing ever. I'm going to go, well, mm -hmm. next year. <laughs> like, I'll... Yeah, off... Go ahead. It's off-season. Yeah. I mean, summer, me, or whatever. me, if they decide that they don't want to do any trades, could the Knicks still make the playoffs? Absolutely. But in my head, I'm saying one, two, three, Cancun. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, to the off-season. Um, but I will still continue to watch them and support them 100%. So, to me, it's like... You can be a fan of both ideas. One, that this isn't enough, clearly. And two, we need more. But if we don't get anything, okay. All right, not the end of the world. Um, but yeah, to me, like, like we said before, that Victor Oladipo trade, the more and more I hear about it, doesn't make sense because it sounds like he really just wants to be in Miami. I don't know if maybe Jimmy Butler called him one day or he talked with Pat Riley during All-Star. I don't know what happened, but everyone's saying he wants to be in Miami. So I'm just like, well, if they know that, why do we still hear that the Knicks are still interested in trading for him? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, well, that's that's because it's not right. That's not true. I mean, uh, it's not oh, the only thing that's true. I mean, obviously, he would be willing to come here if, they were, if they're still interested. 
I mean, I say this, Joel. The Negro sung Frank Sinatra before he did his his dunk at the dunk contest. So mm-hmm. I'm like, there's obviously something appealing about the the city life for him uh, of New York. Maybe the All Star Game was it? No, it wasn't in New York. It wasn't in New York. Mm-mm. No. So that makes it even doper that he he was bringing that New York uh, persona to do the um the slam dunk contest. So I I, I agree with you. I, I do think two things can be true. That he would love to be in Miami, but wouldn't mind to detour to New York. Um, But to me, it's just like, you got to make sure. Because remember, when the rumors came out that Melo um, wanted out of Denver, he was very vocal about, I would love to be in New York. (laughs) Like, he wasn't saying, I'd love to be in L.A. or Chicago. He was very vocal. He was also adamant that he wouldn't mind going to New Jersey. He was. He very much was. He very much was. But I think we all knew that at that time that there's just no fucking way that would have ever happened. <laughs> like the Knicks would have never let it happen. That's that. really what happened. Yeah, they wouldn't. That, that's why I keep trying to tell people and they're like, oh, you traded. I'm like, the only thing I regret trading away in that mellow trade was our draft capital. There's not one player I thought to myself, God damn, I missed that guy. Not an air one. Not an air one. Um, but yeah. So, uh, anything else, Nick, you wanted to discuss? No, that was it. Yeah, I think we covered it all. And look, we didn't yell. We were pretty, we were pretty good on that. <laughs> it was a close. Uh, say it again. I said it's because it was a close game. It's been close games. They weren't like getting like we were getting blown out or anything. I also think it's good we had a day in between because if we did yeah. this after that game, I would have been, been, been so heated last night. So yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good they didn't play tonight. Um, but the Knicks do bounce back tomorrow. They got two back-to-back games against the Wizards. And then for some strange reason, we're back to the Bucks again. Um, do you feel like, Joel, and I know it's no different than every other year, but do you feel like we've been playing teams and it seems like we've been playing them more times than we're supposed to? Like, I swear, I feel like we've played the Bucks 90 times already. Well, we've played them twice. <laughs> it, just, it feels like we've played them more than that. I don't know why, but to me, when I heard, I was like, "Bucks again? What the fuck? How many times have we?" Yeah, it's just so. It was just so soon, you know. Maybe we that played the Bucks. You know, we played the Bucks well last week, some shit. Yeah, right off of uh, All Star break. Um, but we got the Wizards twice, and then the Bucks. So uh, we really needed some of these wins that we didn't get wins for. So. Hopefully, these two uh, Wizards games are the games where Russell is just like, you know what? I stumped my toe last night. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to sit out these few games. And then Bradley Beal's like, I'm going to get traded, so I'm not going to not gonna play. Um, we'll see that happen anymore. <laughs> I'm just saying, the least those two guys could do is give us these two wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, take, take a break, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. What do you need this winning thing for? Uh, (laughs) uh, very not realistic of happening but i did want to ask you this really quick before we moved out of basketball this is not about the knicks basketball period um did you hear this uh aaron gordon terrence ross evan fournier um, uh you know uh magic being open to trading those three guys yes i did hear that aaron Uh, gordon requested a trade so who do you who do you see out of those three guys um, likely being dealt? Uh, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> okay. 
because he wants it. See, because he wants it. <laughs> anytime a player says they want a trade, I always assume it's the most unrealistic one to happen. Only because if you're Orlando, right? Like it's different when you're the team and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna trade this guy. It's different than when a guy's like, no, 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 you need to get me the hell out of here. Now it's just like, well, you know what, bitch? <laughs> I ain't gonna make it easy. Tell you what, whoever wants him, I want six first rounders. <laughs> like, no, I don't think it's like that. I think they're, I think they're over it too. Interesting. Well, I mean, hey, it, it goes to this. Um, teams, franchises need to understand. Like the Knicks had this problem, and you can speak to this way better than I can. After the Knicks struck gold or cheated, whichever you want to say, and got Patrick Ewing, they had yep. this formula to where almost every draft after that man stopped being a Nick was just like, we need a big man to replace him. It's just like, no, you don't. <laughs> you need whoever is the best available player in the draft. You don't need another Patrick Ewing. You'll never find one. And I feel like Orlando drafted Shaq, and then they've been looking to get another Shaq ever since. And it's just like, you guys have to stop this. <laughs> like you just have to you did it with Dwight yes it did take you to a finals but that was it you've not had success with that formula since like just be more realistic be more practical um and you look at the magic and they had two big men on their team that almost somewhat do the same thing and it's like that should never be the case don't do that <laughs> don't don't do that you know you look at Philly and you're like ultimately somewhat of Embiid loving to live live in the paint and Ben only being able to live in the paint. It's just like one of those players has to be drastically different. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm glad that they're finally deciding, like, you know what? This is not working. It's only been four years too late. They're just, like, treading water. I mean, they're not going anywhere. And they have good players. But, you know, move on. You know, sell high. You can get a lot for Vujicic. Uh, Fournier gets a decent probably round Aaron Gordon you can get something for obviously I, I wouldn't pay high for uh, Bush or whatever um Bucevic. he's the only one I would probably give you a good load for the other I'm not a big Aaron Gordon person uh and Fournier I like Fournier more <laughs> so he's just always hurt um but and Terrence Ross and all these guys they're like I would love Terrence Ross, actually. If the Knicks can get Terrence Ross, that'd be great. <laughs> um, we talked about that a, a little bit, is the idea of Terrence Ross. Um, he's a good six man, you know? For sure. And I mean, if there's anybody – like, there's two players in the NBA right now that have the luckiest, the luckiest scoring ability, and it's Zach Levine and Terrence Ross. Those are guys that just kind of, like, chuck up shots, and they just happen to go in. Like, it's, yeah. it's not even luck. It's just like, oh, well, that's them. Uh, yeah, for real. They get hot and you're like, oh fuck, well, it's over. Yeah, and then it's just like, like when they start heat checking, it's just like, oh my, he's going further and further away from the three point line, and he's making them. Um, but I look at a guy like Aaron Gordon, and I'm like, his athleticism can definitely help out a team. Um, I don't know his three point average. Um, he doesn't really play defense all that well. Um, wow. But I do look at him and I do go, his athleticism would definitely help out a team. He's just not the missing piece of a team like a Terrence Ross could be or Fournier or, like you said, Vucevic. Um, those that guy. Yeah, I mean, that's what they need. They just go young. Obviously, most of their young guys are hurt at the moment, but still. Yeah, I mean, I do think this team would look a little different if Fultz wasn't, uh, didn't get injured. 
Yeah, of course. Fultz and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Cole Anthony. No, the other one. Oh God, damn. the forward. Oh Jesus, I don't even know. <laughs> damn it. I don't even know. Um, but okay, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because that was the hottest new thing of those uh, Orlando kind of just being like, we're selling everything. <laughs> you want the arena, you want the coach, everything's going, whatever you want. Um, but all right, we can move up out of football. I mean, wow, basketball, sorry. Um, and going into football, Joel, Kenny, yeah. you got yourself a Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> um, New York always needs a Kenny. Um, but no, that's a really good pick. I mean, you essentially just upgraded a, a better golden tape. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, an actual number one receiver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I look at it. I'm like, um, cause my biggest thing for you guys was I didn't, I didn't love your receiving core. Um, I mean, uh, Evan Ingram is, I mean, it, 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 it's funny cause I was telling my dad, I watched the game with you and we were both upset and you know, I hate the giants. But Evan Ingram is a miscatch away from you guys making the playoffs last year. Yeah. <laughs> a couple miscatches from missing playoffs last year. Well, I mean specifically that game against the Eagles that you guys yeah. ended up losing. Uh, yeah. That you had. You had it. Yeah, it was over. They yeah. missed. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know, your problem with Ingram is catching the ball. <laughs> your problem with, um, what's his name? Uh, not Slayton, the other guy. Uh, and we have uh, Shepard. Shep- the problem with Shepard is injury, um, yeah. specifically uh, concussions. So it's like you needed a guy that could take the focus off those guys so those guys don't have to do as much. Um, and I think now that Kenny is your number one, it opens the door for Shepard and Slayton um in uh Ingram because now it's like well you can't double Shepard because then you're leaving Kenny wide open you know what I'm saying so it's like I'd much rather you double Kenny and make that a hard night to get it to him and then it leaves Shepard open uh uh through the middle of the field Ingram in the middle of the field Slayton maybe on the edge um so I like it I also think you guys shouldn't be done I think you guys should go out and get a T.Y. Hilton a guy that, uh, if he has anything left, can still take the top off. Um, I really don't get how you guys are interested in Juju and didn't make that happen. I don't know how much money we have left, honestly. Um, well, remember, um, your interest in Juju came before Kenny came and uh, came to visit you guys. Yeah, but I mean, I I've never heard us being as interested in Juju as we were in Kenny. I'll say no, that it wasn't. You're absolutely right. But when you look at what Juju – not only what Juju accepted from Pittsburgh, because we get it, it's home, so he's more willing to, but apparently the Ravens only offered him a million dollars more than that. So I'm like, right. he wasn't asking for a lot because, you know, a lot of teams didn't have money. So, you know, you weren't going to drive up um, a lot of money this year. So I I just looked at it, I was like, God damn. I'm like, am I going to have to root for the Giants if they get Juju Smith-Schuster? Like, God damn. Um, <laughs> But I, I, I love it. You know how supportive I am of the Giants because you're my you're my friend. So I want to see your team succeed. But if you weren't my friend, I would hope that they lived in purgatory for the rest of, of football's uh football's tenure. Um, but for you, because you're my friend, I do hope that Kenny is the the signing that you guys needed. You brought back Leonard Williams. Um, you know, yes, sir. 
I kind of wish you guys went a little heavy on the offensive line in free agency. Uh, that will be a focus in the draft again. I always think draft when it comes to offensive linemen, if it's not a top five pick, it's so hit or miss. <laughs> Which is why I was like, I would have rather you guys go for a more known commodity uh, out there. We need a wall, obviously. We need a right guard. That seems to be maybe another center. I don't know. But um, the, the quicker you guys get rid of Nate Solder and replace him, the better. I mean, we actually we, we constructed his, his thing. So now he'll be competing for a spot, but, you know, He's not expensive enough for her. he needs that spot. He's more of a big deal, you know. You know? Joel's like, you're not making enough money for us to actually be upset about this. All right? Yeah. Now you're just, you know, you're there. Cool. You can use the depth. You know, let the young guys find a fight with him at tackle because I like our tackles, our young tackles, um, Parrot and, and Thomas. So really, now you know we lost Zeitler, so now we need a right guard and. Uh, we'll see what happens at center and left guard with Hernandez. We didn't have the best year, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we definitely need some a little more help in the, on, on the line, but we'll see. Because I was telling my dad, I was telling him, because he was saying, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was going along the lines of, like, wanting to move on from Daniel Jones, and I'm just like, well, already you say that. No, but I'm like, when you say that, I kind of feel like you weren't watching Giant games. Like, Daniel Jones <laughs> has shown that he could – he could be really good for this team. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler or whatever, but to me, I, I just love to remind Giant fans that you guys will not, let me not say you to group you in there, but a lot, a lot of Giant fans thought Eli was the worst thing that ever happened to the Giants and he gave you two rings. So I'm like, I was saying that today too. I was like, everyone's like, yeah, we, you know, Dan, you know, no, you know, everyone's like, Grace. That Danny's not the guy, right? Danny's not the guy. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were saying Eli was not the guy for, right. <laughs> for the first couple of years before that first Super Bowl. But and he, got honest, two. he gave us two when people still think he's not the guy. <laughs> can I even can I even give you a better a better example, Joel? Sure. No one saw Russell Wilson coming, got a Super Bowl championship. Should have had two, but I'm very thankful he didn't. No one saw Aaron Rodgers coming. He got them a Super Bowl. No one saw Drew Brees coming. He got them a Super Bowl. Nick Foles. Nick Foles got the Eagles a Super Bowl. So I'm like, there's a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks that I just named. You know, not Nick Foles. Um, but the Tom Brady, very last draft pick uh, in the draft, went on and it now has seven. So I'm like, quarterbacks don't come into the league like Patrick Mahomes. And that's another guy no one saw coming. Yeah. That, uh, you know, you just had to have a good scouting team for so I'm like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna always luck into a guy um, that comes right in, wins you a Super Bowl immediately. You're not always gonna have, you're not always gonna have that. You're gonna have the guys that you have to develop. Um, you know, so I mean, shit. Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl, hasn't been back since. True. If you're a Packers fan, would you trade back that one Super Bowl? No, know. of course not. So I'm like. <laughs> So I'm just saying that's my point. My point is you got yeah. you guys time. It's it's, yeah. it's the kid's second year and New York is just like I am done with him. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I don't get it. Eli won his Super Bowls in 0708. He was drafted in 03 or 01. 01, 01 2000. I think it was, yeah, I think it was 2000 2001. So I'm like that's a huge ass gap. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, other than 
yeah, it's just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a while before we he completely is adopted as the man, but we'll see. <laughs> and to me, Joel, you, the Giants' biggest struggle was finding a head coach. You now have one, and then it was you know you got rid of Odell. You need a star receiver. You now have one. Yeah. And it was, also, you know look, they look okay. We have, we have to, you know the what they call them. Um, got the weapons basically offensive. We have enough. Uh, I think we have enough in the receiving core to to be decent. Now Galladay added and John Ross. Um, then you know we added a tight end, Kyle Rudolph. So we got a nice vet tight end there to help Evan Ingram. That's a um, huge tight end, by the way. That's got like on your on your third downs and uh and your your uh your goal lines. That's the guy that that's gonna make up. That's gonna make his money. Right. I like I, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, and I like Kyle Rudolph. I mean, uh, he 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 wasn't really being used much anymore over there in Minnesota anyway, but. I'm going to be honest with you. I like Kyle Rudolph so much. I didn't think Janu and uh, Hunter Henry were realistic for us. So Kyle Rudolph was the guy I wanted New England to go after. Really? Um, so I'm with you. I, I really liked them because to me, it's like Vikings showed that they don't really know what to do with anyone. Adam Thielen <laughs> was the guy that was supposedly on, on the trading block last year. They lost Stefan Diggs. Um, so I'm like, this is clearly a team that if it's not Dalvin Cook, it's pretty expendable. Um, so, yeah, so I think he'll find new life in New York. I think Daniel Jones will have his Jason Witten in Kyle Rudolph uh, for however long, however long you guys have him. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's just like you're, you're heading in the right direction, and New York is just so impatient that it's like, bro, you have to grow it. Like, trees don't just pop up. You have to grow them. It takes time. You know so, it. You understand. Yeah. Because to me, it's like you got your coach, and that's the hardest thing in the NFL today. Your coach that your players love, rally behind, and can actually put your team on the right track. And I'm like, you got that in Joe Judge. Your players love him. Daniel Jones looks to be elevating if he can stay healthy. Um, so to me, I love where you guys are headed, man. I love where you guys are headed. Yeah, trending upward. Absolutely. And on my end, you know, just, you know, the greatest fucking franchise in NFL history. Just, you know. They buy everyone this offseason, so. I, Joel, let me not, let me, let's not fail to realize you're a fucking Yankees fan. You created that. Yeah, well, they don't do it no more. Well, I'm just saying you created it. So you've benefited off the idea of that long enough. Uh, let another team become different, the Yankees. Also a different, different sport. <laughs> very true very true very true um but yeah I, I like their moves i love jalen mills i'm a huge jalen mills fan i'm glad that i can actually cheer for him because he's no longer an eagle um mm. so that's just you know positives all the way around um but i've already checked out uh born who we got from 49ers Janu from the titans hunter henry from the chargers and nelson Aguilar have all actually they've been working out with our backup quarterback uh Stidham um and uh they just put out like this whole workout video of them out out training together and I'm like I really like the flow of this I'd really prefer to see them with Cam but um I really do like the flow of this so I'm really excited for what this team can do got a few of our opt-out players coming back um Patrick Chung retired but obviously Jalen Mills kind of null and voids that um so I'm really excited to see what they do man because like I said before 
there was a reality and and I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to make light of the situation, but there was a second Joel where I was really terrified that I could wake up one day and the AFC East would be Josh Allen for the bills, Russell Wilson for the jets Mm-hmm. Watson for the Dolphins and I was just like I'll kill myself like I'll, I'll, I'll never want to live in that world you serious you know how unbearable Jets fans would be they got Russell Wilson and then the stupid Dolphins fans coming out the woodwork for, for Deshaun Watson unbearable couldn't take it couldn't. I don't even know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson now uh, I, well we don't even have to get into that because I'm sure that's a situation neither one of us have uh, enough information about um, but it, it definitely does not look good. I mean, I heard the number is at 10. Jesus. Um, and I'm just like, if if there's 10, there's definitely 20. Um, <laughs> so, and I don't mean that like, oh, this guy's a monster. I mean that like I, there's there's a really good chance just everyone's like, yep, me too. You know, hey, yeah. he sneezed at me at the bar once and I did not like that shit. Um, but like I said, I don't want to make light of the situation so we can move on from it. But this has been an unprecedented year for free agency because no one had money. <laughs> so it's like this was the worst year to become a free agent um, because, you know, obviously the NFL is going to re-up on its TV deal and the salary cap will go up. So if you are a guy that got a, what you consider a big deal this year, just know it'll mean nothing <laughs> when they – officiate the um the uh the, the stock not the stock the salary cap going up in a few years mm-hmm. and then whoever is a free agent then will make some buku dollars um so if you're if you're juju smith shoes so that one year to do one last year with big ben to see how it all pans out and then you hit the free agency market again that's smart you know um because money could change as soon as next year so who knows but again Giants in the right direction. Very happy for you, Joel. Patriots, mm-hmm. I just I, I need you not to be last in the AFC East. That's all I ask for. That's all I ask for. Not much. Don't be last and make the playoffs. That's it. That's all I can ask for. Um, and I just ask the NFL gods not to let Tom Brady win another another ring. I, I can't stomach that shit again. Um, but that's it. Small things, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, Let's get into why we are here, Joel, which is our geek talk. Um, I want us to start off with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I do know that you very much enjoyed it. I did. I did have a lot of fun with it. I will say it, it because where we come from, Joel, when I heard that we were getting six episodes, I did think it would move a lot quicker. Excuse me. Um, so I am curious to see how the story plays out going forward. Um, I'm not saying I disliked it. I'm not saying that uh, I'm, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like story. Who needs that? I want fighting. No, I just thought where it went heavy in story, it would have went heavier in progressing it. Like we've we've only gotten a glimpse at who our big villain is going forward. Um, I, I thought the first episode would end with with Zemo. um so i was just like okay you're not moving that fast okay not a problem um so what they're doing differently from wandavision is instead of wanda being long uh more episodes shorter time this is longer time shorter episodes 
Um, so clearly we'll no, get shorter. To- the longer episodes, short, shorter amount of episodes. Shorter yes. amount of episodes, right? Yeah, they're, they're longer. <laughs> they're longer because they're like forty minutes and shit. Right. Um. So we'll get to where we're going. All those people that I saw on social media that were like, "Oh, hurry up!" <laughs> like you'll you'll get there. It's six episodes. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's coming rather quickly. Um. But I want to start off with your thoughts because you saw my long ass list of notes. So I want you to go first before I get into it because you'll probably say half the stuff that I have on there. But um, your initial thoughts on our season premiere of uh, The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. I really dug it. I actually want to watch it again because I enjoyed it that much. <laughs> um, it just it starts off really compelling. And then it has an action set piece to, to, to draw you in and then continues with story. And you have another small action set piece. And then the rest of it's really, really just story. <laughs> but this the action was enough to quench any thirst I had for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, especially that how that scene with Falcon in the in the um in uh, Bart that truck <laughs> the leaper yeah. uh in the in the in the helicopter and the planes and shit that whole gliding that whole thing was awesome. I fucking it was like eye candy. I was like yay just taking it all in. Um but the story was also interesting. It was a very interesting story from the get. Because it kind of leaves you where we were, we last saw him. Like he's like he has the shield, but he doesn't feel comfortable with the shield. He doesn't feel like he it's his. Like he says, he feels like it belongs to someone else. So he basically gives it up to the museum, who seems to have wanted it anyway. After in the beginning, they say uh, you made the right decision. That one douchebag, uh, and then Rhodey was there at the whole you know captain. I thought it was like at first you know because we saw pictures that we thought it might have been a funeral or anything, but no, it was just, it was just a museum. <laughs> there's a good chance they don't know where cap is uh no one knows except for obviously uh falcon and, and probably bucky um but i thought that scene with um what's it called uh, roadie and uh and um sam during the museum afterwards when they had their little conversation i remember i'm sitting there watching it and thinking to myself people probably aren't thinking it as they're watching it like i am but i'm like you're looking at your current captain america and iron man like that's your modern day. That's them right there on the screen. But probably a lot of people are not thinking that way. But that's how I looked at it. I mean, that's basically Captain Iron Man right now. You have War Machine and in South. And I love that. I love that scene. The whole interaction there was great. Um, we got to see the the, the character Joaquin Torres, the the, the Spanish dude, the military dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know he was gonna. I mean. I had an idea they might introduce him because there was rumors that he might be in it, but I wasn't sure in what way. So I was very nice. I thought it was really cool to see Joaquin in it um, and how they're using him. And I'm very curious in where they go with him, uh, with, with, you know, with Sam and shit, because that's really cool. Um, Bucky's whole trauma. That was also interesting and in his list and his like, making amends for everybody and then the whole thing with the the asian guy um maybe making friends with him and you find out why that caught me off guard for some reason i just didn't connect the two until i saw the face <laughs> i'm like oh fuck that's why he's friends with the two um that was interesting the flag smashers when they show up and uh whatever they're doing um interesting take on on, on things so i'm curious where they go with that i can't wait to see more of them and how they have powers you know um got to see more backstory from Sam and his family. We never seen, we haven't seen that yet. 
so that was new. And then him not getting, you know, the loan. And, like, we get to see, finally, they talk about financials. Because we never think about how the fucking Avengers afford anything. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, sneak peek into that third world there. Um, overall, it, just, it was just a, I thought it was just a great episode. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you broke it down like that because it gives me my opening to just go full ape. <laughs> I'm not much of an ape shit guy, <laughs> uh, which is why I love I love our, our back and forth. Um, so I started off with Cap Shield that he gave Falcon at the end of Endgame. It's clearly a a new shield. It's not the shield Cap used in Endgame or even the same kind. Um, so I was like, that's very interesting because if they wanted to retcon, because we know nothing about this uh, shield that um, Cap brought Falcon, except for it's Cap shield. Um, now I'm like, you could say that it's pro uh, adamantium, not vibranium. Um, so that's very interesting. I thought that's really cool because, you know, if it was adamantium, it wouldn't have broke as easily as it did against Thanos' <laughs> Thanos's sword in game. Um <laughs> So I'm like, that's something to keep an eye out for. And it looks like the design in the middle, uh, the star, it looks like those are functions. Um, so I'm interested in that. Um, interested to see if the shield actually does stuff. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, because I, 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 in my mind, Joel, I believe yes. he might have had the shield made for Sam. Um, you know, obviously he used it through his time, but I think he might have had it made for Sam. So I'm curious. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. All right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying the design is different. It doesn't have to do anything. Um, yeah, I think that's just, that's just it. It says it's just designed it. Very fair. Very fair. It, it absolutely could be. Um, but to me, it seems like a decision he made before he went back to return it. So it's like now that he I lived just, his life, it's very. I think, I think it's a shield he took with him and then he. He just, you know, he never used it again afterwards, obviously. And they brought it back to Sam. Wait, what do you mean the shield he took with him? Didn't he take a shield with him? No, he didn't have a shield. He didn't have a shield when he left? No, remember Thanos broke it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean they didn't build a new one for him. Oh, and, okay. I'll say this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me say this. If they did, uh, I apologize. I, I thought Thanos broke the shield and Cap just took the the stones and Loki staff. That's all I remember. So if he had a shield, which he very likely could have, my apologies. I, I thought it was just the, the scepter and the um the stones. I don't remember. It's been a while. Um actually, hold on. Um I actually do want to kind of know because then it defeats every fucking thing that I just said to you. Um <laughs> but I'm going. Um yeah. you, you brought up Torres. Yeah. Very glad that you did. Torres in the comics, uh, and I'm not saying this to you, this is to our listeners, because I know you know this. Um, Torres in the comics briefly took over for, for the Falcon mantle when Sam became Cap, so that's something to maybe look out for. Um, he actually <laughs> had bird powers <laughs> after being... He was he was half bird. He was a hybrid. <laughs> right, after being experimented... Not just any bird, he was Red Wing. A hybrid of Red Wing. <laughs> yep. Uh, after being experimented on by Dr. Carl Malice, a.k.a. Power Broker. And what's interesting yeah. about Power Broker is in the end scene credits, one of the newspaper clippings, uh, very hard to read, but if you pause it and zoom, it says Power Broker is watching. 
so it's very interesting. Do we see that come into play? I think so. But considering all the characters in this um, this show, I do believe. Obviously, but uh, I, I didn't realize that. But yeah, Power Broker is definitely a dead giveaway. Man. Yeah, <laughs> it, say, it says right at the end, it says Power Broker is watching. And I looked at that. I was just like, ooh, ooh, ooh I like that. <laughs> like, like, I like that a lot. Um, because I do, I do like the idea of, um, because to me, Bucky and, and Sam don't need to be partners going for, like, if they want to do multiple seasons, sure. No, um, they don't need, right, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm like, I would like the idea of when he officially assumes the mantle of Cap, that there's a guy that becomes, and obviously I don't need him to be part bird. It could be more practical, like, no, how yeah. can actually look. Or the fact that Red Wing's a drone. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so to me, I'm like, I would like Torres if he isn't a uh, agent stooge or mm -hmm. a, a double agent, like I'm going to get into in a second. I would mm -hmm. like him to be uh, Sam's partner, Sam's actual partner. Yeah, um, I love, I love that. And Bucky just being the guy that Sam calls on when he, um, you know, when it's something that he really, really, really needs help on. Yeah. Well, I have a theory with with Winter Soldier. And it's all based on rumors, but you know, I think that's where it might go if those rumors are true. Well, no. Uh, before I go any further, go into it. Go into it. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, remember we heard rumors about a possible. Um, damn, what tells his name? <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll go through when you, when you got it. Cut me off. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So I wanted to mention this because a lot of people weren't talking about this, but. It's very possible that the government set up Falcon with this mission. He had no real backup, and there was no real mission behind it. Um, also, it's very possible that the military isn't looking to just, or the government, rather, isn't looking to just replace Cap. They could be looking to replace Falcon also. And the nod to that is two things. The first thing being, Falcon mentions the last time he let the government touch Red Wing they messed, you know, it was all glitchy. So to me, that kind of sounds like they were maybe trying to figure out how he does it and trying to duplicate it and messed up a few things. Um, and the second thing is that the government is possibly, well, the, def the government's definitely screwing Sam over uh, with the new cap, but they're really screwing him over. We forget the guy that you said you were uh, really excited to see fighting Falcon, Joel. A lot of people forget in Winter Soldier, he was hired by Nick Fury. So I'm like, he wasn't the real bad guy in that situation. He was hired by Nick Fury. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to believe that he's like those double agent guys. Like he's, he's hired by the government to do certain things like this, to exploit things or to get secrets back or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, there could be some double crossing going on for Sam, not just screwing over by, you know, uh, electing their new Captain America, there could be some legit screwing over going on for Falcon. Um, did, did you find it yet? I don't want to keep going. If Yeah, I got it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. Do you remember that there was rumors of a Nomad series? Yes. Okay. Well, that's where I think it might go. Because Nomad, if you remember, is, well, at least was Captain America's alter ego when he stopped being Captain America. Well, essentially, they played on that in Infinity War. The suit right. that was a Nomad cap. Well, yeah, they never say that, but yeah, that's basically a nod to the when he stopped being Captain <laughs> and he drops his shield and becomes a you know free agent type of thing. But yeah, um, I think if the, there is a nomad show, I think it'll probably be Bucky that takes over, it becomes the nomad. 
because obviously he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have a code name aside from Winter Soldier. So even if that's not his name going forward, Nomad could be what he just takes over until he gets a new one. Or maybe that is what his new uh, alter ego will be. But if the rumor is true, I think Bucky will be the, the star of that show. Yep. And I'm looking at it right now, Joel. Cap's going back into time. And he has Mjolnir in the stones. That's it. No shield. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's keep going here. Um, I don't need to go to Flag Smashers. Uh, before our listeners that maybe don't know who the Flag Smashers are, in the comics, they were led by uh, Carl uh, Margenthal, uh, who is a cap villain. Um, and the villain of this show is Carly Morgenthau. Um, So I'm really curious if this is... Like, they didn't do it with Zemo, so it's very possible they're not going to do it with her. Like, this is a long-standing beef, like, from her father passed down. Um, mm-hmm. So this very much could be the, the idea of the Flag Smashers just starts with her, which, again, mm-hmm. completely fine with, but I'm just, you know, uh, informing the audience that uh, in the comics, it was a Carl Morgenthau, and now it's they, a Carly Morgenthau. Either she's it's gender-bent or that's his daughter, one of the two. Right. And to me, they didn't do it for Zemo and I eventually got over it. So to me, I'm I'm going into this assuming that it's not a legacy thing. It's more of a right now. I don't <laughs> I started this idea of 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 us wanting to do. It. And it's very much in the now of today, the idea of us free of government. Um, and, and I always say this, the ideals of the Flag Smashers in um, in Killmonger the ideals aren't what's wrong. It's how they look to execute it that is the problem. <laughs> um, but a life without borders is pretty much the world we're trying, well, some are trying to build. Um, so I'm like, that's, I thought that was a pretty cool concept. The idea of like, no, we should be free of borders. Like we're all, we're all one. Yeah. Um, but Carl in the comics is just like, I will kill to achieve that. And it was just like, ah, that's where you lost me. That, that right there. Um, but for anyone that was curious about the Flag Smashers, that is who they are. Um, now, I always have this for you, Joel, and I, I know it stresses you, but that's why I do it. I always have conspiracy theories. And since Torres brought up a conspiracy theory, I wanted to bring it up also. Um, we know in the comics after Civil War where Cap was assumed to be dead, he wasn't dead. Um, he was really up there uh, running S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So, is it possible that when Torres said the conspiracy theory is that Cap is on the moon, could Cap really be with Fury uh, helping run S.W.O.R.D.? I don't know. I thought that was just interesting, because I'm like, it was a line that you didn't need. And I'm like, to me, I, I, I always now feel with these shows that lines are important. And it could mean absolutely, it could have just been like, oh, we were just trying to be funny. Um, so I'm not putting much brain power into it, but when I, when he said, it, I was just like, that is interesting. Cause we, we did think this was going to start with the cap funeral, like you said. And when it didn't, it was just like, oh, well, I mean, is he dead? <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it is something I do think they will answer by the end of this show and, and we'll have our answer, uh, left or right. But to me, I was just like, Hmm, that is interesting. Now that we don't have a funeral, uh, yet. Is he dead? Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But um, next one, um, 
uh, I did like Rhodey's line of six months later, the world is very, uh, it's very much still broken. Um, and I love that line because it goes into why I'm going to defend the government's decision to bring in a new cap later on. Um, but I also liked it because it kind of gives you a small little glimpse of what the armor wars is going to be. The idea that everything's gone to hell. <laughs> like, like essentially, if you think about it, Joel, there are no Avengers that the government knows of that can help save the day if some shit goes like they don't have a direct number to dr strange captain marvel thor you know what i'm saying like so to them it's just like thousand number well to them as you see they don't consider him <laughs> who they want they want no, their they don't they don't consider him captain america i mean they don't consider him oh, right, okay right they don't consider him captain america so to them they needed someone that they could count on that works for them answers to them and it's why they created their own. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it, yes. I also do think, well, I also do hope the other part is what I was hoping this show goes, but I'll, I'll wait to see if it goes there before I go any further into it. Um, I did want to bring this up with you. I have a few more notes, but I wanted to bring this up because someone said this Saturday and I corrected them, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Mm. Um, they heard the uh, the idea that you know we'll be getting the original or the, not the original, the very first Captain America who was black. And they were speculating like, oh shit, could that be Sam's dad? And I said, I don't think so. I think the connection to the original Captain America will be that the Flag Smashers uh, have super soldier serum in them. And you get Bucky and Sam probably tracking it which leads them to figuring out that there was a cap before the cap that they know. And that's when they run into him. Like, I don't think that it'll, it'll turn out that it's Sam's dad. Like, did, no. you, did you even think that way? No, I definitely didn't. I would, that would just make the world so small. <laughs> I agree. Uh, um, no, I don't think so. But I do believe, yes, you're correct. I do believe that they're, them looking for whatever the fuck they're looking for. What I guess what gives uh, the five smashes their powers. We'll trail back to the the first experimentation, which was Isaiah Bradley, right? Yep. Who yep. I think we see it during the credits too, right? Because I saw yep. that face and yes, we do. Yeah. Like I know that face, even though we don't <laughs> read this in this. I know I know him as the Martian Manhunter, but <laughs> but um, uh, he's obviously going to be playing someone in this movie in this show who I believe will be the original Captain America, or Isaiah Bradley Captain America, who was the, the first successful experimentation, which was done on a black man. Yep. And they kind of wiped that from the history books. Right, but now you're like, what, What you just left them alone? <laughs> 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 like, how did you get it working? Like, essentially, and that's why I said, I, I hope this show does not shy away from race, um, is clearly it, it worked, right. but you weren't going to sell to America in the 60s, nope. or, or 40s. Yes, yes, sorry. Uh, you weren't going to sell to America like, hey guys, the face of America? Black right. man. Right. Um, so clearly... You gotta know it works. Like, oh, it does work. We just need to find a really good white guy. <laughs> right, like, exactly. <laughs> and that's essentially what just happened with this, where it's yeah, like, it's oh, stupid. Sam is, like, Sam is cool, but <laughs> yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. like a white guy to do this a little better. Um, okay. So yes, you're 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 spot on with that. Uh, next up is you guys have sat through and poor Joel, he has sat through nine weeks 
of me desperately looking for Mephisto and WandaVision. <laughs> so to keep up <laughs> my charade, the Mephisto of Falcon and Winter Soldier is Arnim Zola. I want Arnim Zola in this goddamn show. I want him bad. Um, so he is he is my Mephisto for this show. Um, so that will be the guy that I will be looking for every single week, or at least a nod to him, you know, because to me, I kind of feel like you didn't really do much with him in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I thought that was just a setup, you know, a setup for maybe later. Well, I guess it wasn't technically a nod. Um, well, I mean, you, you, you introduced them, but I'm saying you didn't do anything really with them, but I always assumed that's because that was supposed to be a nod for maybe down the road. Um, so maybe this is the down the road, but again, we'll see. Um, I'm not putting, I'm not putting as much energy into that as I did Mephisto, but it is my Mephisto. It is what I'm looking forward to okay. uh, of seeing him. Um, and my conspiracy theory for the week, Joel. Oh no, before I get to that, sorry. Uh, two, two last things. The first one is, um, for a lot of people, because I know a lot of people are probably like, yeah, how come the Avengers didn't get paid? In the comics, the government paid the Avengers, and they got paid six figures. You uh, mentioned something about government contracts right. during the loan thing. Yeah. So in the comics, the Avengers did get paid, and it was <laughs> not by Stark. It was the government, and they only got six figures. That's only six figures. Well, I, I, <laughs> I meant that more so in the idea of if, if I'm saving the world, eight figures. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could die. <laughs> like, I want to make sure none of my family has to worry about anything. Uh, if they I got did. paid good if they're making six. They damn sure did. Um, but it, it was funny because bank apparently. <laughs> right, and uh, it was funny because Dan from the main Damien actually brought up that he thought race was was heavily um, influenced by the decision of that because it's like, well, if if, um, if Captain America walked in here. And same thing, had no history, mm -hmm. no nothing. They would have been like, oh, fuck yeah, Cap. Can someone just open the vault door so Cap can go in there and grab what he needs, please? Thank you. Yep. Um, so clearly it would be different. So I was really impressed that Dan, Dan came to that uh, that conclusion. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's what they wanted you to feel like. Uh, this yeah. is, It's not just uh, because it's just it's not a normal person, you know what I mean? And even, if, even if he is an Avenger, there's still, you know, he's, he's, he's not the white one, though. Exactly. he's not he's not the guy that they'd be comfortable giving that loan to um so bucky walked in there and i'll play right <laughs> um and my second to last thing is um the dying question that i believe sam was going to answer but changed his mind was um he believes that they have the super soldier serum um, I'd see people speculating a mutant. No, not mutants. I think he was going to say, well, I think his fear was, oh my God, they've replicated what mm -hmm. Cap was. Um, and I mean, they kind of did it in the Incredible Hulk, didn't they? They did do it. That's how we got um, Abomination. Abomination. Yeah. And that, Joel, this is why we are friends. And this is why you're like my brother, because we think the same. I'm glad you said that, because it goes into my theory of the week. I believe that the end credit scene for the very last episode will be they got the serum from none other than Thaddeus Ross. Because yeah. he's trying to duplicate 
the same makeup mm. um, and just somehow manages to perfect it with these atom smashers. Um, nice. So that is my fear. And I believe that will lead us into not only will it lead us into um, She-Hulk, excuse me, I think it'll also lead us into a series that will be announced after, uh, I believe the Thunderbolt series will either be announced after this show because they don't want to give away spoilers or it'll be announced after Black Widow because we still need to know why Thaddeus Ross is in that movie. And I think he's in that movie because I think Thaddeus Ross is how we have the Taskmaster. Um, Mm -hmm. So... To me, Thaddeus Ross, I think, is going to be very, very, very crucial to the genetic makeup of the MCU going forward. So I'm very excited yes. um, to see uh, if Thaddeus Ross is how the uh, the Flag Smashers came to be. It's possible. I mean, uh, I just watched it this weekend. Uh, Incredible Hulk. I'm going through the MCU again. So I watched Incredible Hulk Saturday, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what I didn't notice or that I noticed this time was when he took out the serum, like the the the, the super, their super soldier serum, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it said on top "Weapon Plus," and I didn't catch that the first several times I watched that movie. <laughs> I mean, like, look, look that you you know what my mindset is, and and I pitched it to to shout out to Prime, um, of the Sports by Pie. I pitched it to him Saturday, and he got all giggly about it. I'm like. I wouldn't put it past us to uh, to get some flashbacks that involve Ross, that involve a certain division called Weapon X. Um, I do believe that when we get the story of Weapon X, that it won't be Thaddeus Ross, obviously, as the scientist who did it, but it could be General Ross who funded it. Um, the idea of him building these these uh, these weapons um, that he could use for um, for espionage. I think that's mm-hmm. very possible, you know. Um, yeah. And obviously, Wolverine being the guy that doesn't really click with it and decides to leave it. Um, but I do believe they could go the route of Thaddeus Ross funded the Weapon X program, um, mm-hmm. and when it didn't work, and he saw the Hulk be born, it's when he went back into the lab. And, you know, obviously that's when we got Abomination. And then I think he, you know, the Flag Smashers might have been a project. Taskmaster might have been a project. Um, So that is Ross could be very huge for the MCU, Joel. Very big. Yeah. Well, we hope so. <laughs> I hope so, man. Because that that is a really good actor that you don't just say you gave lines to in two Avengers movies, one Civil War movie. In an incredible Hulk movie, and that's it. Like, no, I need more of this guy. Like, this is a really cool character and a great actor behind it. Um, um, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I just realized again something from Saturday on the um, on the serum again. It says, uh, who created the serum? It says Joseph Reinstein. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is. That's not Erskine, but it is Erskine. Apparently, that was an alias that he gave that to, to cover his identity. And just so the listeners know, that is the same doctor who uh, helped the building of Captain America. Yeah, he's the one that came up with the the. the he's the guy that dies in Captain America: The First Man. Yep. That got shot. He's the one that discovered Steve at the at that uh, one of those military things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, 
just so right. you guys know that me and Joel, like me and Joel aren't just talking in code. Like that's an actual, <laughs> that that's a guy that exists and not just from the comics. He was actually in the MCU world. Um, right. Uh, was that, uh, shit. Was that Stanley Tucci? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Okay. All right. So just to give our listeners more of an idea, cause they're probably like, who? Yeah. It's Stanley Tucci's character. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for that, Joel. I like I like that. My theory of the week is one you're actually vibing with. So I like it. I like it. I like it. So, uh, so, it's not crazy, like your shield theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, my shield theory isn't crazy. It it's, is crazy. It's not crazy. It's just it's just probably wrong, you know? And and I'm okay that's, with that. That's why it's because it's crazy. Well, see, the only reason why I say it's not crazy is crazy to me is like it it's not possible. And that's why it's crazy to me. Well, why is it possible that all that extra shit you put into that shit, like just because it looks different? Well, no, I'm saying it's very possible because he went he went back to the future, uh, back to the past, right? Well, he went back in time to put the stones back. Mm-hmm. So before he went back, it was always in his mind that he was going to make uh, Sam the new cap and he was going to walk away from it. So if that was always in his mind, it's not hard to believe that he might have uh, had some alterations done to it uh, throughout the history of him being Cap. Uh, had some alterations, so when he gave it to Sam, it's diff- it's more unique to Sam than just being a regular old shield. Uh, it's lighter, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Again, I'm saying I'm 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 probably. And if it is lighter, it should still stay. It should probably still be vibrating because uh, adamantium ain't fucking light. No, it's not. Not at all. But <laughs> I mean. Again, that's like a small difference that I guess they, they could make uh, that we've seen them make uh, before. To me, I just would rather it be what it actually should be made from now that you have the rights to say that it is. Um, so, again, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe uh, it's a combination of the two. I'd be fine with that. I, I wouldn't mind a l- little bit of column A, column B. Wouldn't mind. Wouldn't have an issue. I just need a little bit of column A in it. That's for sure. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, but all right, that's all we got for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. By the way, I don't, don't know why they don't just call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. All these does, it's fucking the, the, yeah, no, <laughs> in the same thing. I'm like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, that's funny. I'm like at this point, you're you're just looking to piss me off. <laughs> like, um, but me and Joelle are very excited for the all new episode coming up this week. Uh, let's get into the the Snyder Cut. I'm um, seeing here. It was report. Uh, the Snyder Cut was reportedly watched by 1.8 million households, based on analytics from Samba uh, Samba TV. Um, Joel, I want to ask you this: We mm. we heard from the I think it was the VP or whoever some of the one of the suits from Warner Brothers saying how this movie was to end the trilogy, which was Man of Steel, BVS, and now the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did a whole show filled with Snyder fans that believe the response to this will be so overwhelming, you will be forced to continue more. Are you of that mindset that this movie was so good, they have to look at doing more? I don't think it matters that if it was if it's that good or not. They're insane. Um, the point is, uh, never say never. At this point, why would you even count them out? Um, if it comes cool look i'm in the same place i was for the snyder cut uh if it comes cool if not i also cool that's where i'm at you know i'm i don't i can't lose 
Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you. I just, to me, if his world continues, and again, let me preface this. You said it before, and I absolutely agree with you. You said he could, if he continues, he very well could change the plans that he originally had. Yeah, very true. Very but again, very it also worked, you know, because they keep saying multiverse, and I'm like, this is technically part of a multiverse. It's not part of your regular universe. It's, it's, it's not canon, right? Right. Even though I'm not 100% sure they understand what a multiverse is. I agree with you. And and I said this on the show and everyone was kind of just like, oh, I never saw it like that. Warner Brothers a thousand percent is throwing throwing stuff at a wall. And whatever the critics and fans like, that's what they'll hitch their horse to. So that they're, they're just trying to do a whole bunch of stuff and whatever. We're like, no, we hate that. Okay, I can throw that in the garbage. Not a problem. Did you like this? You did? All right, we'll keep that. And it's just like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Do one cohesive thing and just make it good. And I promise you, like, all right, so this is ultimately what I said. I said, when you're making comic book movies, you don't have to make it for mainstream. And here's why. I know a shit ton of people that watch WandaVision that have never seen a, a, a Marvel movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They only watched it because it was so popular. They wanted yeah. to be part of the conversation. Right. So to me, let us, the fans, be your gatekeepers. Make the movies for us, and if it's good, we will tell others about it. <laughs> and yeah. then flock to going and seeing it. 100%. And the proof of that is, Joel, when critics came out and said, this BVS and Justice League movie are the hottest pieces of garbage I've ever seen, what did mainstream do? They flocked to it. They flocked to it. Yeah, it is bad. Did you even see it? No, but I mean, he said it was bad, and I trust him. Yeah, I'll see it. <laughs> it. It's such it's such a bandwagon type of a thing when something it gets it's like popular to not like something, so it's like it's join in and shit on it, and that's kind of how it is with especially with like DC movies for some reason. <laughs> it's like oh shit, it's the time to shit on it. Some people haven't even seen it yet, but they're down to shit on it. Right, and that's why I said. If they would allow us to be the gatekeepers, they wouldn't have any issues, Joe. I swear to you, there'd be no issues for Warner Brothers because you're trying to conform to two sides. You never have to do that. And I hate when people go, well, that's what the MCU is. It conforms to two sides. It doesn't, though. It really doesn't. When you watch that first Iron Man movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's filled with stuff for comic book fans. The mm-hmm. humor and the tone is what's, for, it's, it's what's catered to the mainstream right but the identity of that movie is very much for us i'll give you an example at the end of that movie when fury showed up if you're mainstream what did that do for you joel for which one if you're mainstream if you're a mainstream viewer like this is your first introduction to these characters when fury showed up at the end of that first iron man movie if you're mainstream that meant nothing to you no most of those people left right that meant everything to us that was for us so I'm just saying all of these MCU movies are very much filled for comic book fans that if you're not a comic book fan, it goes over your head. The whole WandaVision series was made for comic book fans because regular fans, it went over their head. They, had, they didn't know what the hell they were looking. What is this? When I, I told you, Joel, someone reached out to me and was just like, oh shit, bro, did you see Silver Surfer? And I went back like, what the hell did I miss? <laughs> And he's like, the end credit scene, that was his surfboard, and then that was him. I was like, oh, no, sweetheart, no, 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 no. 
That was Vision. <laughs> that's, that's not the Silver Surfer. But that's my point. Mainstream doesn't know the difference. So no, that's why I said Feige doesn't make these movies for mainstream. It's just a formula in them that caters to mainstream. But they're not made for that. They're made for us. So I'm just like, Warner Brothers, don't make your movies for mainstream to understand. Make them for us and we'll help them understand it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm just like, I just, to me, I don't think they have deserved to do a multiverse. They're clearly only doing it to clean up the mess that they made for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's, it's, it's just the idea of, I want you to do one cohesive universe. And when you've created that, then if you want to tell me, hey, Juwan, next door, there's another Batman. And then next door to that is another Superman. You'll have earned that because I know that I'm just viewing them as one-offs. They don't mean, you know what I'm saying? They're like mm-hmm. that little casual fling. They don't mean anything. I have the real prize at home, and that's your your cinematic universe. Right. And I just, I've listened to so many people tell me, well, why do you need a cinematic universe? I'm like, bitch, you're, you're applauding Marvel for that. And yeah. it's like, do you think we only need one cinematic universe in all of comic book movie history? No, that's idiotic. I want that everywhere. <laughs> I don't the want the better for so annoying. And I saw someone complaining today that because of uh, one of the things that the that the I think Ann Sarnoff said, um, they were complaining that they're trying now that the DC is trying to be like Marvel because they have they're, they're trying to echo what they've done. I'm like, they're not trying to be like Marvel. Every time they say multiverse, you're doing the opposite of what Marvel is doing. Right. Not at all. <laughs> unfortunately, Joel, the thing that sucks the most is, and I, I said this on the podcast I did yesterday, is a lot of people forget if you were born in the 80s, right? Anytime in the 80s, the 80s on. I'd say the cutoff is mid-2000s, like around 05, 06. You grew up with a continuity of DC. It was all continuity. You grew up on the cartoons. Continuity. <laughs> they weren't just loose, loosely based that were just, you know, loose things to stick on a wall. They were a continuity. So I'm like, the idea More. that people are just like, do we need another Justice League? Bitch, you grew up on a show called Justice League Unlimited. It's how you know these characters. What do you mean, do we need another Justice League? Yes. Yes, we do. That's that's my biggest worry. I want another Justice League. (laughs) And I say, how am I going to get one if if you you eliminate Snyder's world? Let's say it's now an alternate world. Where do we, like, and then you don't, you can't, you can't figure out what you're doing with Batman and Superman. Like, I, I can't, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. And you keep talking about multiverses. Like, you know what that means? You understand that's even more confusing? Yes, mainly because the heart of the multi, and this is what I'm like, someone in there just doesn't get this. The heart of the whole multiverse storyline was the idea to bring it all back to one Earth. Yeah, that was the point of crisis. Exactly. That's the point of crisis. One story that it all flocked back to. And I'm like, you don't even have that. Well, you loosely have that. So I'm like, all right, you're creating this multiverse. Are you just going to keep it open forever? (laughs) <laughs> like that's idiotic to me what no i don't want to ever hear that you have this multiverse open for forever and you'll close it eventually no 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 no. you work your way into a multiverse with the idea to specifically close it immediately 
You do your little things and then you close it. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. I we don't know their plan yet. That's what it comes down to. Like they, the way they talked about it today, I just they talk about it very differently than I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so yes, they made it more confusing, Joe. Like it didn't it didn't ease me at all. It it, no, it, it didn't. It, it sounds like they they want to connect everything, but they they're not saying that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they want, they're saying it, but they're also saying multiverse, which is the opposite of that. But that's, <laughs> so, that's that, why I said they do want to, they do want a connected universe. Problem is they don't know what works. So they're going to throw things at the wall. So something sticks and whatever sticks, whatever's left from the sticking residual is what they'll build a universe off of. That's what I believe their mindset is. They're like, in order for us to not mess up deeply how we did before, let's just make a whole bunch of movies. And whatever the movies are that they like, we'll take those and incorporate them together. And then boom, there's your shared universe. And it's like, why are you working working from so much fear? (laughs) Because they fucked up so bad. (laughs) But Joel, me and you have been saying this since BVS. It's the easiest correction it well, does not take a lot to fix it it was so it, until it wasn't <laughs> you know what i mean like when you bring in directors that don't want to connect their universes now you make things complicated You're like well oh, shit man we had to rush out a batman movie of course yeah and to me also by the way let me just say this let me just say this okay and we're gonna move on all right because I, I think we already we already gave our breakdown of the snyder cut didn't we did we? I don't know. Maybe we didn't. All right. I don't so, know if we did. <laughs> all right. So maybe maybe we'll do because I'm just trying to I'm trying to uh, trim it so we're not doing like a three hour podcast here. Right. Um, all right. So no, what I was saying is let me say this to people because I've heard this too long, and let let me break this down, Joel, and then I want to hear your thoughts. I heard from someone. I will not say this person's name because I will not call them out. But I had someone tell me in two in two veins. In the first vein, haven't we had enough of Batman? Right? And then in the same vein, told me their favorite character is Spider-Man. Right? Yes. And here's my response to that. If you were born in the 90s, don't tell me you're fatigued of Batman. Because <laughs> technically, you only had one Batman, and it was Christian Bale. One. What? The other Batman movies came out well before you could actually know what you were watching. So technically, you only grew up with one Batman. I don't count the animated series as a live action. So to me, you grew up with one Batman. And it's been 10 years since that Batman. So when you're telling me, oh my God, it's just so much Batman. How? How? It was 10 years since the Dark Knight trilogy, or almost 10 years now. It's been 10 years, 10 plus years since the first one, but right. it's almost been a decade since that final one. So I'm like, you do know, since in because if you were born in the 90s, you've now had three full, well, you know, in December, it'll, it'll be that, but you'll have then had three full arcs of a Spider-Man, mm-hmm. three different full arcs of a Spider-Man, and you're telling me your fatigue is with the guy you've only been alive for one trilogy of. Yeah. That's why I say, I to me, Joel, I don't mind when someone has an opinion. 
but I don't like when their opinion is taken from what they hear on the internet. Like, I don't ever want to talk sports with someone who's like, yeah, man, uh, I was listening to Stephen A. Smith, and they're just rattling <laughs> everything off Stephen A. Smith said. That's mm-hmm. not the gospel. That's his opinion. <laughs> That's right. not factual what he's saying. He's giving his opinion. So if someone is saying they're just tired of seeing Batman, that does that's not factual. That's not factual that we've gotten too much Batman. It's well, just it's not factual to to the masses, right? right. To that one but, person, maybe, but right. You to definitely don't see it's forever, not factual but. because you know what you never hear, Joel? Oh my god, another Superman. And that's been well more <laughs> than it is back. Like, think about this. There's a Superman show. There was a Supergirl show. There was a Superman movie not that long ago, right? Man of Steel. Till next year, it'll have been a decade since we've had a full Batman movie. So my point is, where's your... I think people are just sick of how much people love Batman, and that's their fatigue. That's that's what I would rather them say. I'm tired of hearing about Batman. Cool, just know you never will. You'll never stop hearing about him. But I respect it. If it's not one of your favorite characters, you don't really like them, and you're tired of hearing them, that's sure, what it is. Yeah, but it's to true. me, that's, I'd rather you say that. Just say you're sick of hearing about them. But don't tell me you've gotten too much Batman in your lifetime. And when I ask you when you were born, you're like, oh, I was born in, <laughs> in 94, 92, 93. Bitch, you only had one Batman. <laughs> like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about here? Like, I said I said that yesterday, and they were just like, "Oh shit, that is true." And I'm like, "Yes, yes, it's true." Yeah. That's what's frustrating. Too much Batman compared to like the whole DC universe. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Batman compared For to sure. the rest of the DC For universe. Sure. And to me, it's like if someone's 40 or 50 and is telling me in their lifetime that they've just had too much Batman. All right, cool, I get you. Don't tell me you're 22 and you're like, "Oh, this Batman thing I've just seen too much." How? What? Right. <laughs> what do you mean? You're a child. You've not seen anything yet. Um, so to me, it's just like I, I don't know. It's just it to me, I, I I'm not a fan of people that just jump on with what's trendy. And it's very much trendy to say that you hate Batman or it's white privilege or uh you've seen too much, just too much Batman. It's a very trendy thing to say. Right. And I just, I, I'm not a fan of that. Give me your hardcore feelings or your hardcore facts. And I can respect that every day of the week. You come to me and say, I don't like Batman. No arguments. I'll think you're stupid, but no arguments. You know? I won't respect your opinion anymore. But <laughs> Right, right, right. I won't respect you as a human, but, you know, I'll accept it. But to me, don't, don't be trendy. Don't, don't, don't be trendy. Um, but all right, so did you want to break down the, the, the Snyder Cut and then we can um, end it on uh, Batwoman and then save a lot of, uh, of our other news for, for next week? Is that what you want to do? Um, only because it's a lot of movie to break down unless we're just going to go, I liked it, I didn't like it, and then that's, that's it. I don't want to break it down. I, I mean, we liked okay. it, we didn't like it. Okay, yeah. I right. broke it down enough. I'm, 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 I get it. We're good. <laughs> Not a problem. I just did three hours of it yesterday so i'm with exactly. you. i did yeah i did like two hours the other day i mean yeah did you like it or not is really what we're gonna get into not a problem so let's if anything stood out to you that's it all right so then let's start off with you uh we'll, we'll kind of do a checklist here so right, your, thoughts, your thoughts on the movie right 
Yes. Um, uh, what stood out to you? Okay. What you didn't like. Okay. And then um, what would you grade it? Okay. All right. So let's start. I start? Yeah, go ahead. You start. Okay. I enjoyed it, obviously. I think I've mentioned it on the show before several times. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was much better than the last, than the original cut the theatrical cut uh and I, again I've, I've said it many times i would not mind seeing it going um seeing sequels to it you know, and seeing where he takes it uh and then we've heard recently that he was going to include the green lanterns and i would have fucking loved it even more if that happened but obviously that's not going to happen he should have been there from the beginning but i'm not going to get into it um <laughs> what was the second question oh what, um, what stood out to me yes Oh man, what did stand out to me? Uh, I think overall, just all the new fucking scenes. It was just a, almost like a completely different movie. Uh, maybe not for everybody, but you know, if you watch the original, watch this movie. I don't know how you can't watch it and see it. Well, it's almost a completely different movie. Um, but you know, teach your own. Um, what was the third question? Uh, what didn't you like? What didn't I like? I did very little. I, I liked most of it. Uh, I think the only thing I did not like um was at the end like i i, I didn't like that he t- they didn't explain superman using the black suit even though he know he has an explanation for it but there was no explanation in the movie and then he goes uh at the end scene with him like ripping his shirt up with the black suit still on that kind of bothered me again i'm being nitpicky but that just thought that was a weird way to end it no, with him no, still no, wearing no, the black suit we both yeah. sat there and was like, no, 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 you can't do that. It was weird. It, it, it hit differently. And then, and then, of course, the nightmare scene is the blue and red suit. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, well, I don't get what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, <laughs> that bothered me. That bothered me a little bit. I, I'm um, that. And then the last one was, what grade would you give it? I gave it around like a B plus, eight and a half. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm with you there, so I'm going to work backwards. I'm with you. I gave it an eight and a half um, because, I, like I always say, I don't. I only give one movie in history a, a 10 out of 10. Um, and this did have a few things that I did not like enough for me to um, even give it that nine. Um, right. I, what I did not like was if you're, if you're doing a battle scene where it's pretty much uh, adolescent dark side, versus all these different forces. If yeah. you're going to put in a Green Lantern, it should not be the most unrecognizable Green Lantern. Yeah, but it was so many years in the past. Like... No, 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 no. Here's, here's what I said yesterday on the podcast. Why not just make that a Guardian? That would have been more believable. Yeah, maybe. Make it a Guardian. That would have yeah. been a, 100% believable. Put a Guardian in there. I don't mind it, but again, it, the, the mistake was from the beginning. There was no Lanterns as I a core. I agree. And I even said... I even said on the no, podcast yesterday that Zack Snyder was heavily influenced with building this world. Unfortunately, from <laughs> from um, God, what's his name? He created Star Girl. Um, Jeff Trump. Jeff Trump. Yeah, right. right. And I was just like, well, the first mistake was just like, and, and like you said, Cyborg being in the Justice League was the first mistake. <laughs> and then the <laughs> yeah. second mistake was not only having Cyborg in there, but then not having <laughs> a Green Lantern part of it. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that irks the shit, especially if it's so space-driven. And then, like, they took it took Cyborg out of the Titans in, in the comics, then they did it now in the movies, and they did it in the fucking show, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and <laughs> it's you know, like, funny, 
they were yelling at me on the podcast yesterday, but I was trying to explain to them that even if uh, Ray Fisher didn't come out with this whole FWB whatever, they right. weren't going to continue with Cyborg because the future is Jaime. That is, that <laughs> is the future. I and love Jaime. I, I was trying to tell them, they were like, no, Cyborg's more popular. He's really not. <laughs> so yeah. he, This is what I told him. I said, Cyborg is so not, like, he's so far from being as popular as they were making him that they put him on the doom patrol and not one person questioned it, but me and you, not one yeah, person. Right. No, that bothers Shami. Why is he on the doom patrol? <laughs> Yo, not only that, why is it they're trying to make cyborg work everywhere, but the one place he's supposed to be right? Like what the fuck is that about? I feel why like, next not what the I like, feel like next they're going to be like justice league dark. We're cyborg teams, though. Why? Why is he there? <laughs> like, why are you ty- but see, that's why I said that shows you how he's not popular because they're trying to put him in everything to make him work. Look, he was great in the movie, like especially in the Snyder Cut version of right. the movie. Like, he was, he was a great character. He had great scenes. He was, he looked way better too on a lot of those scenes. Um, the one thing I would push back on, and I didn't even—I didn't even realize it until I saw the Snyder cut. I actually would have preferred if they—and I know he wouldn't have, so it's just stupid to say—but I actually preferred the look Josh Whedon gave us at the end of that cut. I did too, but that was more like after the fact. Like that's when he was. No, like, but I'm... that's what I'm saying. I would have liked it if, if that's how it still ended. Because well, obviously it couldn't have, because Joe Morton's character died in Snyder's cut. Yeah, um, completely different. <laughs> right, but to me, it would have been more practical if Adam built it. If Adam helped build him a um a, a new, I just to me, my nah, cyborg yeah. should never look that anorexic. That that's all. That's my only. Thing. He honestly looked better in the Snyder cut. They bulked him up a little bit, but yes, I, I would like a new design in the future if we're going to see Cyborg again. Right. But I mean that that was just my point to them. Like I, I'm like I get it, guys. You grew up on Teen Titans and uh, Cyborg was very much big in that. I get it. I'm not saying Cyborg is a nobody. I'm saying he's so non-popular. Look, and that's one thing in the comic books. But to, to bring it to live action like that, you're gonna fuck with everyone's heads and they're gonna think different. Like he's not a part of the Justice Comics now. If he was so fucking popular, he'd be there right now. I would agree. <laughs> you know? I would agree. But that's all I was trying to tell them. Like, you guys, w- the way they were trying to make it seem was that he was up there. And it's just like, guys, he's not. You're not going to yeah. walk. You're not yeah. going to be 100 people that know who the fuck Cyborg is. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be really honest right now. He's very much took Martian Manhunter's place because it was the same bullshit. Martian Manhunter goes nowhere. He has no real branch. He's like a sub. He's a, he's a supporting character in a main character team. And that's all they did with Cyborg. They, he's a supporting character. And, and they, they were trying to push him to make him more popular, but it, it just never really went there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, and I'm not saying he can't, he can't one day be that, but as of right now. Right. And then they were, saying, they were saying, like, well, Blue Beetle's not that, not that popular. And I said, well, Blue, Blue Beetle is only popular today because there's a history behind Blue Beetle. So it's not just Jaime. There's a history behind that. It's like yeah. if someone came up to you and was like, well, Nova's not popular. Well, no, he is. <laughs> He's just not mainstream popular. Like, just because you guys who don't read comics have never heard of him does not mean he's not popular. I Here's don't the thing. Normal, normal people don't know who Blue Beetle is. No, of course not. Here's the thing. A lot of people still don't know who the fuck Cyborg is either. 
Exactly. That's my point, Joel. But my point is, I don't equate popularity to mainstream. I don't go by mainstream because they don't care. So, of course, they don't know. They, who don't. they know what we tell them. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said popularity to me is, I believe I could probably run into more people, not, not knowledge, who like Blue Beetle more than they like Cyborg. Maybe I can't. I, I can run into more people than that. So that's what I mean by popularity. But to me, I don't equate it to ma- <clears throat> excuse me to mainstream. Uh, me, Blue Beetle is very much like Nova. Like as soon as that movie drops, the popularity will be insane, and me and you will sit back like, yeah, no, we've been trying to tell you guys like these are fucking amazing characters. Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> we've been I'll trying to tell you. I- I've said it for years. He should have been the one that to be in the Justice League over Cyborg, and not because I don't like Cyborg. It's just I will always equate Cyborg to being a Titan. But that's that's because that's where I grew up, you know. Well, it's also where Cyborg was originated. Was right. That's where he originated. That's where he belongs. That's where he belongs. In my opinion, he belongs to be with. He's a Titan. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um. All right. Uh. Wait. I I didn't finish. Sorry. That was what I didn't like. Um. Uh, what stood out to me was definitely uh, Cyborg's Nightmare. Um, I loved every ounce of that, where it looks as if Darkseid has obtained the anti-life equation, um, and he is just... Rec- By the way, the Omega Beams could have been a little cleaner. Um, that is one thing that I'm just like, I, I want to see more of that. I want to see more dark side. I want to see more Omega Beams. Yeah. He looked great in that scene, too. He really did. And I was trying to explain to people, because I was saying, uh, yesterday they were saying how uh, they got pissed off with how quickly Darkseid got defeated in that war. And I said, well, you guys got to remember, that was that was young Darkseid. That was Darkseid before he became who we know him to be. That was uh, before he became Darkseid. Exactly. So I'm like, I would have been more pissed off if you had him win that. It's like, well, come on. <laughs> like, like let's see one. Exactly, exactly. So I'm like, it, it, it made perfect sense. But um, yeah, that stood out to me the most. Where he walked up behind Superman and put his hand on his shoulder, it gave me chills. It yeah. gave me chills. Um, but um, and overall, I, I thought this was a really, really, really good, good take. I said this yesterday, and I stand by it. I would have really liked to have seen Josh we- – uh, not Josh Whedon, sorry, 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 sorry. Zack Snyder do uh, – and I know you're going to disagree, but this would have been what I would have preferred if he Look had done it, especially if they want to do <laughs> – especially if they wanted to do a multiverse. I would have preferred a, um, a Justice League trilogy, right? So you would have had solo movies done already, and you would have had, like um, – this trilogy of the first movie being called Dawn of Justice, where it's it's them assembling and then it ends with uh, Darkseid coming to Earth. And then the second one is uh, Justice League, uh, Justice League Injustice. And then the final movie would be called Justice League. Um, and it's your arc of legit the the rise, the dawn of the justice where they're coming together the fall of them in injustice and then the rise of them becoming the actual justice league where we have aquaman superman flash batman wonder woman green lantern maybe martian manhunter um and i was like i think zach would have killed that he would have done an amazing job doing the rise of it the fall of it and then the justice league as we know it in that third movie and then we see them 
we see Warner Brothers branch off, do a Flash uh, sequel, Man of Steel 2, uh, and so on and so forth. So I'm like, I would have preferred that uh, over doing the whole BVS thing and everything. Because um, like I was telling them, because they were like, no, nah, you need Zach to come back. And I'm like, his vision was just flawed. <laughs> it was just flawed. Like what he wanted to do worked, worked mm-hmm. outside of a continuity. Um, it works very much for you to go, look, we yeah. have we have a, a continuity established. I want to do something falls off the wall crazy. So I'm going to have Lois sleep with Batman and then they have a bat baby that they never tell Bruce about. And then Clark makes him Batman later. Like you could do weird, stupid crap like that. And then someone was like, well, wasn't that in the comics? Where? No. And I was just like, First of all, even if it was, it does not like because it's in the comics doesn't make it smart. <laughs> doesn't make no. it a good idea. Doesn't make it a good comic. None of that. So yes. let's not go by that. <laughs> let's go now. Yeah. yeah that, that, nothing like that ever happened. Like, no, I, I don't want. No, who wants that? Why would you want that? <laughs> like, and I'm like, again, why would you want? Why would you want a replacement Batman? Right. That one isn't a Robin that he prepared for it. And two, you haven't even gotten anything from Bruce Wayne. And now you're telling me to get used to this old new Batman. Can I Can I please? And I keep trying to remind people this because they're like, well, what else do you need to see from Batman? You've seen everything else. No, you haven't. Yes. No, you haven't. You just have not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You haven't, seen, you haven't seen the Hush storyline. You have not seen the, the Court of the Owls. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's just so much more you can do with these Batman stories. Hell, you have not had a Robin. And no, I don't mean Bruce Wayne adopting a fucking 30-year-old in those mm-hmm. stupid movies. You need an actual Robin. So I'm like, no, there's so much you can do in a Bruce Wayne story that mm-hmm. you have not done yet. 100%. There's so much that hasn't been done. And Joel, they even allude to it in the Snyder Cut where Alfred's just like, 20 plus years, man. And you know, what do you have to show for it? And it's like, over those 20 years, Alfred, <laughs> what did he do? What happened? We don't know. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like there's obviously so much more of a Bruce Wayne story. And, and I think people forget Joel. We had Michael Keaton, right? His first movie, Joker. His second movie, Catwoman Penguin, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward, George Clooney, Mr. Freeze. Um, and I think was George Clooney also, uh, no, Val Kilmer. Was Riddler and Two Face, and right. yes. um, uh, George Clooney was Poison Ivy, Bane, and Mister Freeze. Correct. Um, and then you fast forward, uh, Nolan. You had Joker again. You had Rachel Ghoul. and you had Scarecrow Bane. and Rachel Ghoul. Rachel Ghoul and Scarecrow. You're you're absolutely right. Then you had Joker. Then you had Joker. Then you had Bane and Talia. We had Joker and Two Face, and then you had. Joker and two. Oh. God damn, you're right. Yeah, and then Talia and Bane. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's right. There yeah, you go. Catwoman, I guess, if you want to technically count. Te- technically, yes, Catwoman as well. So my point is, you've recycled more villains than you have uh, introduced new ones. Right. 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 So clearly, you have not done everything you can in Batman. My point. No, is I, mean, I mean that. That's an easy fight to, you know, and that's they're not gonna, stupid. Exactly. <laughs> it's like saying you've done everything you can with Spider-Man, and it's like, dude, you know, you've used the same villains for. For for two movies, right? Like you're now seeing everything a Spider-Man movie can be, with Vulture coming in and then doing Mysterio that you've never done, um, and then you know whoever our villain is for this third movie. 
So it's like, no, you clearly have not done everything you can do. Until Spider-Man fights an accurate Venom and then Carnage and then a Sinister Six, you've not done everything you can with Spider-Man. Um, but all right. Word. So we can move on from there. We got some other news, Joel. Um, Derek Kolstad says he isn't writing John Wick 4 and some big updates about the Continental Series are coming soon. Well, they're about to make some pretty large announcements in a couple of weeks in regards to what's going to happen there. How excited are you, man, for this Continental show? I'm very excited. I just want to see who's like, what's going to be centered around. I'm very, very excited for what characters are going to be involved and how they're going to, you know, express those characters. I, I'm just really psyched for it. And when will, you know, John Wick make an appearance, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I share the exact same sentiments. All right, next up, Keanu Reeves to star in Berserker film. I assume it, it's supposed to be Berserker. Uh, Berserker film and anime series at Netflix based on his comic books. See, see, Joel, see how they throw anime in front of everything? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, Reeves will uh, produce and star in the screen adaptations, which will start the story getting the feature uh, treatment followed by an anime spinoff series. Uh, yes. Are you familiar with Berserker? Uh, yes, uh, but that's it's rare. It, it just came out like maybe like a month ago or two months ago. Um, oh, okay, so it's new. Yeah, it's very new. Um, and it's already getting greenlit for an animated show and a fucking movie. So, so I'm excited because it's really cool looking. I, I like the way it looks, at least the cover, on um, the concept, and no better man, right? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. I mean, he's hot right now, so ride that shit. Um, Hawkeye spinoff series about Echo in early development for Disney Plus. She will be played by Native American actress uh, Aliqua Cox. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I usually don't get that right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm excited for this, uh, mainly because I just watched the cutscenes, and I'm sure you'll be playing it soon, but I just watched the cutscenes for the, uh, the Hawkeye uh, um DLC for the event. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm like, I, I, I love, you know how much I loved Hawkeye, especially from the, um, uh, what do you call ultimate. it? The ultimate, the ultimate uh, world. So I was very high on Hawkeye from the beginning. It's why I was just like, oh, Josh Whedon, he's going to make me hate Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> but luckily Hawkeye got some really good treatment going forward. Uh, they even gave me flashes of Ronan. I really pray that we get some flashbacks in his series. Um, but I, I like the Hawkeye world that they're building. I really, truly, truly do. Um, I like to see where Kate Bishop goes. Uh, I like to see if this Hawkeye show is a one and done that turns into a Kate Bishop show. Um, so I'm really curious about that. Um, but I, I, I love this. Uh, I can't wait to see Echo in the Hawkeye show and then mm -hmm. see where it leads to her own show. But I love this. I, I, Hawkeye and Black Widow are two worlds that I love more than the Avengers world. I love the espionage, the spycraft, the, the, the secrets, the sneaking around, the very plain weapons. Um, I, I loved all that. So to me, it's like that's the series that I'm really looking forward to. But uh, Joelle, your thoughts on uh, Echo getting her own series before we even see her in the show. Okay, yeah. Uh very shocking. <laughs> I was not expecting Echo getting her own show. Um, especially because like like you said, we haven't even seen her yet. <laughs> and a lot of people know who the fuck Echo is. <laughs> uh very funny because I, I didn't know Echo that well either until 
there's new Avengers when uh, Ronan shows up and you're like, who the fuck is that? He looks cool. Ronan looked awesome. But I don't know who this character is. And like I remember waiting months to find out it was some woman named Echo. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? Because <laughs> <And laughs> I'm like, yeah, this whole thing, you're waiting to find out who it is. And you find not just that it's a, it's a character you don't know, but it's a girl. Because it doesn't look like a girl. You know, because it was just the other Echo costume. It's like, who the fuck is this? And apparently she's deaf. And she's yeah. a Daredevil character. And I'm like, okay, so she, she has a connection to Daredevil. Okay, whatever, fine. Uh, then down the line is when like Echo shows up again, but it's not Echo. Then who the fuck is Echo? And then who's the who is it then? If it's not, if, and you find out it's Hawkeye, and he was you know this is what, after the fact when he comes back to life, people didn't know he was back to life, so he was he was um masquerading as Ronan while Kate Bishop was oh. now the Hawkeye, right? So right. that's how that worked out. Um, and, and now, go ahead. No, you were saying. No, I just saying I just always love that um Hawkeye became a moniker, like not not an yeah. not an identity sold to one person. Right. Um it was a it was a, a moniker that he could just pass on. And I love like I, I love it in the well, I, I don't want to talk too much about the, the game because I'm sure you haven't played it yet. But um I, I love the idea of like hearing someone say the name Hawkeye and then Kate Bishop goes yes, and it's just like, oh, you gotta kind of get used to that. And I love it. So, um, but yeah, that's all I was going to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the game, that's why it's weird in the game. Cause it's like, I just finished playing like this whole thing with Kate Bishop and now they're giving me Clint. And I'm like, they're not different enough for me to get a, <laughs> like <laughs> they're different, but they're not that different. So like, another archer. I'm like, okay, I'm looking, I just want to play with a new character. <laughs> and they give me another archer. So I, I, and don't get me wrong. Clint's been really good in the game and I've only played a little bit so far, but um, it, it's been really fun. But yeah, I can't wait for the series, you know, because I think that's going to redeem Hawkeye and people are going to like him, hopefully, because he gets a lot of shit for no reason because people are just assholes. Um, but man, I, I do look forward to seeing his show and with, with her, introducing Kate Bishop and, of course, Echo, who now will also be getting her own show. So that's cool. Yeah, I always say the the bad the bad straws that Hawkeye and Black Widow were dealt is that you didn't introduce them in solo movies before the Avengers movies. So it's like you're introducing all these people with, with abilities, and then you're just like, no, bow and arrow, and she's a spy. And it's just like, yeah. that's really hard to sell your mainstream audience of why they're important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, supporting Avengers. That's all they were. They didn't have right. the movies. Right, but to, to a mainstream, that looks like they're, they're, they're founding members of that team. Well, they and are like <laughs> right for sure, but it's like if they had gotten their solos beforehand, it, it would have been a lot easier to sell that. Right. Um, but it's just it's like when I, was, when I was telling them, uh, about because they were complaining about Batman fi- wanting to see Batman do more, uh, in that pair of demons. And, um, I did too. I have this whole, I have a whole spiel that I, I'll save for another time, but I have, I have new feelings on Batflick. Let's put it that way. No, for sure. I said if Zach was going to go balls to wall, I thought that would have been a perfect time to give us the hell back to where he could have had his whole moment um, to where it's like he's not just kind of like virtually useless. Like he was kind of just like, all right, guys, this is what you should do. Go do it. What are you going to do? You know, stuff. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm just, you know, I have have new feelings that that, that came up while rewatching that movie. I was like, well, look, don't, look, we only got a few more topics before we get out of here. Don't save it. T- tell me your thoughts, man. What, what are you thinking? 
Well, I was frustrated watching it because I'm like, oh, and I just realized how much time he uses a gun in these movies, and it's like they can't give him that battering was useless. Why only use they only see him use it one time, maybe throughout the whole series? Yeah, that's very frustrating to me. Like this motherfucker is a giant ninja. That's what he is because he had to make him giant, so might as well be a giant ninja because that's what he <laughs> fucking is. Um, but they, they they the only time you really get to see it was in that fight scene. And that's really the only time we get to see it because they're in the, you could have done something with the with the parademons. We've seen it in the cartoon all the time. We're using those explosive batterings and yep. like taser like uh, things for his like fists. The whole suit could have been like uh, laser resistant, like the fucking gauntlets were. You know what I mean? That's why I wear it. Or what, if if it wasn't, you know, like yep. there's a they just didn't do that. Like he was just shooting people with their own guns. I'm like, come on, that's lazy. <laughs> I'm with you, and that's why I said, as crazy as this movie was, I'm just really flabbergasted as why Zach didn't think of the Hellbat suit. Um, Even even not. I just want more him being, like, honestly, the fucking Dark Knight truly did better with him using stealth in these movies. It bothers me. Sure, but see, that's the problem. That's where you go wrong. Not you, but that's where they go wrong and not doing a Batman solo movie first because mm-hmm. your first introduction of Batman is him doing nothing but fighting gods. He right. went one god to another god, and it's just like, well, of course you're not really going to see the <laughs> the full capacity of what he can do because he can't do kung fu on Superman. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't you can't go to dark side, go, I'm, I'm going to karate chop. Like, it, it doesn't work, you know? And they didn't really seem interested in figuring out ways to make it work. It was just like, well, he's like the party planner, and then like he's just gonna, you know, which do- is fine. But yeah, you know, like it just bothered me that he was relegated to just shooting paired demons with their own guns. Joel, I'm with you because it only furthers the narrative of people thinking you don't need Batman, and it's like it didn't help that narrative at all. No, it didn't. <laughs> so, I was, I was, I was happy the Batmobile was extended. That was cool. But aside from that, after that, it was like, like what was he there for? <laughs> like, I completely agree. Um, but I, I did think that would have been cool. And, and I do hope that if we do ever get a Batman, like a real Batman, not not 60 or 90, um, yeah. and we see a Justice League movie where they take on Darkseid, I do want to see them explore the, the Hellbat suit. Um, it's his, it, I mean, it's to me, the Hellbat suit is just as cool as when people were just like, well, if Iron Man ever has a fight, Hulk, you need the Hulkbuster armor. <laughs> And I'm like, them, you, and I don't even need it for an extended period. Cause, you know, obviously in the comics, it kills them. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm like, I just need it for that one time where they're in that one battle against Darkseid. It yeah. can be the battle where they lose or the battle that they win. But I, I just want to see it because to me, it's the only thing that will be realistic as to why Batman is even in the same vicinity as someone like like dark side like you need something to where you go all right yeah okay this makes sense um so to me it's just like it's something i do want to see them explore and again i'm just shocked that zach didn't um that's a good point but um all right moving on uh did you see oscar isaac training for his moon knight role yes i did looks dope right it definitely does i'm so excited i'm like all right man the the, the fighting looks looks so crisp um, I, I think last week when we were doing, not this past Saturday, but the week before where we were doing what to expect, um, I said that Moon Knight's my most, uh, you know, my most anticipated. And a lot of people were like, well, we don't really know anything about Moon Knight. Um, and I was just like, no. well, just know 
that he is fucking bananas. And they're mm-hmm. like, 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 what do you mean? I'm like, he's insane. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, like, you're going to see a really, really, really insane individual. And I'm really curious to see how, how deep they dive into that. Um, but you, you know, I did all my, 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 uh, my deep dive into who Moon Knight is. So I'm like, so I'm ready for it. Cause I'm like, Joel's going to throw some shit at me that he's going to be like, let's see if Joan knows this. I'm like, I got to make sure I know some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fucking favorite and not know shit. I mean, you know, it would be we redundant. Do it all, the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, DC Films taps promising young woman director uh, Emerald Fennel to write the Zatanna movie. Um, I'm going to just say this, DC. This is part of what I meant by throwing things at the wall to see that, to see what sticks. Um, you can't say you want to do continuity and then like, we don't hear things like you're, you're, you're doing a, a man of steel two, or I, I don't know any progression on a green lantern movie. Um, <laughs> like, like is this a Tana movie? Cool. Sure. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming this is a Tana movie is connected to the, Justice League Dark thing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot uh, Abrams was doing that. I, I, they're doing so much. I'm sorry, Joel. You're absolutely right. I, I take back what I just said. You're right. I, it's just really hard to remember what the fuck they're doing. Um, so I forgot that. I for some reason thought it was just going to be a series. Um, I right. didn't know. I didn't know if he was building it just for the world or if it was supposed to be moonlighting for the movie world also well it's supposed to be these like hbo max exclusive movies that might be one of them i don't know if that's a fact but based on you know they're not making two different zatanna movies so i'm assuming this one will be one of those that will connect to like the constantine series and whatever other fucking show like we've heard rumors of swamp thing and stuff like that so okay well then i I take it back. I'm man enough to apologize. I'm sorry, DC, but if you were doing things in a better way, I wouldn't have to jump to conclusions like that's that. That's all right. They're um, doing an hour man movie, too. <laughs> oh, you gotta be... Fl- okay, Joel, your thoughts on on, <laughs> on this, um, this hour man. writing the... Uh, no, not on hour. <laughs> you can give your thoughts on that, too. But your thoughts on a Zatanna movie and then um, and, and getting a writer and then this hour man movie. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I think a lot of us want to see a Zatanna. Uh, so I really want to see how where it goes, how, how it connects to the, the that Justice League Dark World and who eventually gets casted, because that's always been a very popular fan cast. Yeah, I mean, I, I've shared mine. I, I would like her to be Hispanic. So that's where I leaned into it. Um, that's just, you know, because I told you before, characters that don't, that race really doesn't matter to, you know, to me, put some more uh, Hispanic actors and actresses up in there. That's why the Supergirl thing didn't, it didn't blow me away. Like, oh my God, they did that. It was just like, yes, you should do more of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> let, let's let's get that to be a norm. Uh, and I told you, uh, what's her name? That was Dayton uh, Ben Affleck. Like, I wanted her to be Zatanna. Right. Yeah. Anna. Yes. Um, so that's that's my pick for that. But uh, before we go forward, you I, I don't know if you gave your thoughts on the Hour, uh, Hour Man movie. Hour Man. Uh, I like Hour Man. I always liked Hour Man. Obviously, you know Iron Man probably from Stargirl, if you watch Stargirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, second generation of Hour Man. 
uh, probably the most popular version of him. And I know they tried to make a series about it in CW years ago. That never came to fruition. We've got to see him in Stargirl now. And hopefully if this movie is connected to the JSA that is coming out with Black Adam, then I'm more excited than, than it being just a solo standalone. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to me, that should be the only thing that that's that's in and, your mind to be doing. It's to build. Honestly, like when we talk multiverse, what they, if they want to do multiverse correctly, then the JSA are in their own universe, the Justice League are in their, in their other universe, and then have them have a crossover, and then you—that's when multi, the multiverse works because that's how it was in the comic books for years. The Justice League and the Justice Society would cross over once a year for an epic event. You could do that. Every a couple of years, that's when the Justice League and Justice Society cross over for a multiverse event. That that's how it should work. If you're gonna use the multiverse, you use it correctly. I'm with you because to me, it's like if you want to do, if you want to do the old and the new, you know, where you're bridging it. To mm-hmm. me, that's the best way to do it. Instead of you telling me like, oh, there's a Batman here and a Batman there. It's like, well, yeah, no, <laughs> no that's stupid. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm completely with you on that. So hopefully that's what they have in mind. All right. <sighs> Next up, HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us will deviate from the game when necessary. I know that doesn't bother you at all, right? No, not at all. Yeah. So when, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, so you mean everything that's ever been an adaptation? <laughs> like, yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm like, Iron Man, Civil War, WandaVision, all very, you know, very much its own thing and deviates when it wants. Um, so comic book movies got you um <laughs> uh what else let me see what else we got here if you have anything on in mind that's really important let me know i'm just browsing through really quick oh duh all right joel let's let's get to this man so we can get up get on out of here let's get to the 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 thing that really upset me and you last night it upset you because it was a spoiler before you got to see the show. It upset me because it makes absolutely no fucking sense. Um, and that is a good friend of a Geek Vibes Nation. We have interviewed her before. Um, we interviewed a lot of the Krypton cast. Um, Wallace Day, from uh, the former actor from Krypton, mm-hmm. uh, will be playing the new Kate Kane. <laughs> and before you go into yours let me say why it pisses me off right mm-hmm. okay so the first season was about who joel kate king right right okay the second season is about who joel ryan wilder right correct okay so the whole point of ryan wilder was to bridge the gap of getting rid of kate kane correct correct okay why would you recast Kate Kane? <laughs> like, because now in my head, I don't want Ryan Wilder anymore. I only want Kate Kane, so it's accurate. <laughs> so now I'm sitting here and I feel bad, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, like I legit, I'm wait, did you see you saw the episode, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you told me that before I went and watched the episode. So do you know what I was saying to myself that whole episode? Mm. I didn't kill Ryan Wilder. <laughs> oh, so I'm watching, I'm just like, well, Ryan's gonna die, and now we got Kate Kane. So I'm watching. That would, that would not. That would not do, look good at all. Fair, fair. No arguments here. So I'm watching it, and when it ends, I'm like, no one would have known that was Wallace Day. No. <laughs> so I'm like, 
Why no. did you guys reveal that? Yeah, they did. Why? And so early. I'd understand if that was the second to last episode of the season. Then it's like, yeah, all right, you know, it's going to be hard to hide that. Mm-hmm. I think we still have a lot more episodes to go. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I look at it and I'm just like, to me, it's messy. It's unnecessary. It's stupid. Because then you even had Ruby Rose not long ago in an interview like, yeah, you know, you never, you never know. I could be back. How? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, no, now I don't want you back. Like, now I got someone who obviously who wanted to be Kate Kane when you first left, um, who I know won't get tired of it, who will want to be Kate Kane. And now, mm-hmm. Joelle, I feel bad because you know what I want more than anything? Kate Kane mm-hmm. back. So it's just like it, it just really upset me because I'm just like it, it's a it's such a weird predict. It's like if you said, all right, guys, look, we're moving forward. Robert Pattinson's your Batman, no other Batman. That's your guy. Then like Hamada comes out tomorrow and just like, all right, guys, about that whole thing. So we're gonna be doing a three part trilogy to pull uh to do Ben's Batman. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Because no matter how good Robert Pattinson's Batman is, I'm going to only want Ben's. You know what I'm saying? Like, just don't do not do that. Let us move on. We've moved on. So to me, that's what I don't like. But I, I'm sorry, Joel. I'm passing it to you. Your thoughts on uh, the reveal and then us getting Wallace Day now as our Kate Kane. Well, yeah. I mean, that was very flustered because i'm like this is all we wanted from the beginning and then you go and recast not just your cast you, you change the character and you're like okay well fine we'll, we'll, we'll do that i'll accept that but because you know ruby rose left we get it she, it was weird it's a weird situation she walked away fine uh and then of course uh we find out a couple episodes into the second season that they recast her just like we wanted from the beginning with the cat with an actress that we wanted to be recasted with uh, so what what does this mean? If, is Kate so if Kate Kane is back, in what capacity is Kate Kane back? Why would you recast her if it was going to be uh, a short stint? Is what I'm I'm really getting into. Because if, if for that you could have brought Ruby Rose back and she could have said goodbye, you know what I mean. But if you're recasting her, that means you have plans for her going forward. So what what is it? Bat women? Are we going to have two Bat women? Like because they're not going to kill off fucking this girl. I want to speak to that because I saw someone going, well, now you guys can get what you want. You can get Kate Kane's Batwoman in the all-black look and the look that Ruby Rose had, and you can get the all-gray suit for, for Ryan Wilder. And I said, no, because the problem still remains the same. How do you now tell Javicia, hey, look, sorry, we've been calling you Batwoman, and, like, it was the plan, but now you're going to be Batgirl? And Kate Kane's going to be Batwoman. Like, no, no. They're two very grown women. So yes, they I are. Tell one to be a sidekick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, when you watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, neither, like, Bucky's <laughs> not Falcon's sidekick. Right. <laughs> too old to be someone's sidekick. So I'm looking at it and I'm going, one's got to go. And now that you've given me what you know, Joel, I've wanted from, from the beginning, how do you now tell me, like, hey, it was just to kind of bridge the gap, but Kate Kane's still gone. You know, it's it's Ryan Wilder's world now. Like, to me, it's like, no, you'll never sell me on it. I don't care where this story goes. Now that you've done this, you'll never sell me on that. I mean, and, and look, could that be hard-headed of me? For sure. But it's no, uh, different, it's no different than telling the people, we're giving you this Snyder cut, but it's just to end it. 
to them they see no end in sight. To them, yeah. it's a new beginning. Are also hard hit. For sure. And, and, and again, mm-hmm. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying it's something that did not need to be done. And now that it has, it's a jar you can't close. Yeah. How well, I got. I, 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 forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I can't judge it until I see how it ends, or at least where it goes. Very fair. And like I said, that's what I always love about you. You're the rational, and I'm the irrational. But to me, <laughs> to me, it's just something that's just it, it's it's the stupidest thing you could do because no matter how you slice that cake, <laughs> it's still meant to be eaten. And what yeah. I mean by that is, you now have two Batwomen. So regardless of where Kate Kane goes. <laughs> You've now opened the door that she's there. And it worked better when Ruby Rose left and you said, all right, well, Kate Kane's going off and is passing the baton. Cool. Great. We can, we can, we can buy that. But now you have someone that wants to be Batwoman, wants to be Kate Kane. And it's now like, well, you can't have two of them. Right. So that's why we have to figure out, oh, we got to see what, what their plans are. We will- I, I'm not, I don't know wrong. I don't like it either. Cause I don't, I don't understand the logic behind it. Uh, but I, I, I do look forward to seeing how they explain it. Yeah, they, they're going to have to oof, they're going to have to do some stuff, man. That is for damn sure. Um, I don't really see anything else really big. Uh, we will be getting King Kong versus Godzilla this, uh, this Friday. And uh, Mortal Kombat is not that far behind. Uh, so please stay tuned, guys. Me and Joel will be breaking down every ounce of that. Joel being Team Godzilla and me being Team Kong, we will definitely be arguing it out <laughs> when we see the fallout. of Because apparently, according to the director, there is a clear winner. So yeah, we will definitely be arguing whoever the winner is. Because um, I'm sure Joel will have reasons as to why it shouldn't be Kong. And I will have reasons. As I'm, I'm 100% sure that monkey should not be winning no fights with Godzilla. <laughs> I am 100% sure that as correct as you are, I don't give a damn. Um, <laughs> they said your Giants shouldn't beat the Patriots, and they did. So, happens every day, Joel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Patriots aren't god fucking Zilla. <laughs> I mean, you could have said that, that the way that team was built, it was the closest human thing to a Godzilla that you could get. There is no human thing to Godzilla. Godzilla is Godzilla. <laughs> All right, well, King Kong should win this battle. Anyway, no um, me and Joel will be breaking down every ounce of that, guys. Um, so please stay tuned. And make sure you guys are staying tuned for um, Marvel Cinematic Review. We'll be breaking down uh, the all-new episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm not putting the thes in there. Um, you know, I, big things, big things for this uh, this second episode, man. I'm really excited. And Invincible should be dropping uh, yeah. this week. Um, so uh, make sure you guys stay tuned. Me and Joel will be breaking that down for sure. Mm-hmm. Dom saw it also, so I might have Dom on just to break down that with us. But me and Joel actually checked out a few episodes from this this season of Invincible. We love it. Joel loves how fast-paced it was um, and how some elements were very, very, very close to the comics. Um, yeah. I won't get into it, obviously, but uh, we'll definitely talk about it. And I'll be releasing my interview with Robert Kirkman uh, very soon. So Word. make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um, Joel, just really quickly before we get out of here, did you see the finale of American Gods? Yes. How great was that, right? Yeah, it was pretty cool. 
What I, a douchebag. I was very, I was always kind of the sad because like, I like Ian Exchange. But um, yeah, what a dick. <laughs> I uh, now, I'm now curious to see because was that him taking his place or does Shadow now have powers? Uh, I, it looks like he's taking his place, but I don't know. We'll see. That's what I'm saying. I don't know because again, I, I'm not familiar with with these books that this comes from. Tia is so Tia's like she's yeah, so I don't know the books either. Gonna happen, but we know in mythology it's only Loki and Thor, right? And we know that uh, Odin had uh, Thor exists, but obviously he's dead. Um, uh, yeah. we've, ne- we've never heard anything about Loki, right? Um, so I'm very curious: is is Shadow? a whole new character in the arc of Odin's children, or could he be a hybrid of what Loki actually is? Um, I, was, I started wondering if uh, Mr. World was Loki at that one point, because of the way he expressed himself, saying, it's not about tricking. Something Joel, like that. Joel, well, I love you. That's exactly where my head went, where um, uh, tech, techno boy, or technical boy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like, who are you? Hey, who are you? <laughs> And I'm like, if you look at him, he looks like a Loki. <laughs> like, he does. He does. Like, he looks like the exact guy you would cast to be Loki if Tom Hiddleston wasn't so amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, it very well could be. And think about it, Joel. Right. What better reason for a son to want his father dead other than to find out that, A, maybe that wasn't his real father, or B, the pure jealousy of how he treated him. Now he finally has power to take him down and he wants to become the new God and get mm-hmm. rid of the old. So I'm like, yeah, it all, it all lines up to where it could be Loki. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Especially the whole time. You're like, holy shit, the whole time. <laughs> Loki. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure, cause me and T are going to do a review on it uh, on this whole season um, Wednesday. So I'm going to make sure if you're available, you're on that. Um, okay. So talk this out with, with Tia for sure. Uh, Cause you know the girl didn't talk to everybody on the cast, and she didn't. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like oh, it's a one-man crit- critique of the show. <laughs> like, I now call her. American, I now call her the American goddess. That that's what she has become. That's a perfect name. Yes. Become the American goddess. Um, but all right, Joel. That's all we get. We got for you guys on this episode of Much to Do About Nothing. Hopefully, we said this last week, and it did not come to fruition. But hopefully the next time we see you, it will be after a Knicks win. (laughs) We're lucky. Yeah, if we're lucky. We legit said that the last time we did this episode, and we did this show after a Knicks loss. (laughs) It's been close. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully the the fortunes change for that. But, uh, Joel, thank you as always, and we will Mm -hmm. see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.